Late Night Movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally these projects gel, most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And I want to get right into it. We're doing it for real this week. We're talking about America's Got Talent. This week, we're talking about the World Cup. This week, we're talking about Joan of Arc Underground. This week, we're talking about proper cuticle management and care. Probably going to be my favorite episode ever. This week, we're talking about Bezor Zones. This week, we're talking about albino giraffes and their lobster counterparts. This week, we're talking about are your children getting pregnant to get high? Find out at 11. This week, we're talking about Jurassic Park 5, Jurassic World 2, Fallen Kingdom. Did I actually get that right? It sounds like it. Better late than never. Okay, the dinosaur movie. We are making good on our promise, right? I think I've just accepted. I'm finally at acceptance. I've gone through all all five stages, probably more. I've gone through some sub-stages. I've just accepted it that we have to talk about this movie. So are you ready? Are you ready, Zach? I am uh, market fresh turkey breast. <laughs> Still no peppered, but okay. Nope. Nope. <laughs> At least it's not tuna, though, so we're, I'm getting yes. closer to it. These all mean different things to us. This is our like the, the language of our podcast audience. This is how we, we secretly talk to each other. That's Okay, true. so Zach and I saw this movie. It just came out in the U.S. We saw it uh, within the last 24 hours. I know I saw it late last night. I was planning on going to the 7 p.m. first showing, missed that, went to the 10 p.m. showing instead. <laughs> uh, so I still caught it opening night, probably lost some of that, you know, rip-roaring, <laughs> rip-roaring crowd of dinosaur lovers that I'm sure came out in Colorado. Uh, but when did you see it, Zach? Did you see it earlier today? I saw it at 1.10 p.m. today, so I've seen it within the last seven hours. Oh, ho, ho. okay, so, so good. So between, we have two viewings between the two of us. Uh, maybe we can figure out what the hell this movie was about. I think that's my, <laughs> that's my big question. I think the whole time I was sitting there, you know, having reached the point of acceptance when I watched this movie, you know, I didn't miss the 7 p.m. showing because I was like, oh, I just don't want to do this. I, you know, I just accepted that I, I was going to see more dinosaurs. And so while I was watching it, you know, trying to keep as open as a mind as I can, I was just consistently wondering what the hell the plot of this movie was. I, I feel like I, I had no idea what was going on most of the time. And, and when like big reveals happened and musical cues occurred, I was just kind of like, I, like what? Like, what am I supposed to be feeling? So I don't want to jump too far ahead into scenes of that instance, but I, of instances of that. But I would say that's my kind of overall take on this movie. I don't get what it was going for. I don't, I don't get, like, the point of it. it. It's very different from the other dinosaur movies that I, I binged. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Uh, first, are we going to... Uh, spoiler warning, or are we going to give our general thoughts and then delve into the spoiler well? Yeah, let's do general thoughts first. Okay, general thoughts before the spoiler warning. Um, I, I, For the record, um, this is how I would describe this movie. It's either the third best Jurassic Park film or the third worst dealer's choice um i'm not angry at this film where i as everybody knows my seething hatred for jurassic world i am not angry at this film because this movie um if if jurassic world is this flaming hot garbage this is just like like a i don't know it's it's like a 
empty McDonald's wrapper that's just like floating around the air. It's like it's not good, but it's by no means offensive. I think that's my best way of putting it. Like, like I did not walk out of the theater being angry. And, okay. and there's a couple. And there's a couple of moments during this. I actually found. Um, I think this is a very camp- without getting too far into it. I think this is a very campy movie. It's yes. it's 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 not a hundred percent self aware because some of the stuff it does is really stupid. And it, <laughs> and it treats it really seriously. Yeah. But I think it's very. There's one scene in the movie which is a hundred percent camp. Uh, I love that scene. It's probably one of my. It, it's a, it's probably gonna be one of my favorite scenes of the entire year because of how gloriously campy it is. <laughs> but we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, no, I guess there's there's some good moments in this. There's some really good moments of cinema. But at the end of the day, it's just it's it's fluff. It's a movie I would describe as fine. Like if somebody said, "How oh, how was it?" I would say it's fine. It's not offensive, but I'm going to forget it in about three hours. Okay, okay. I like the comparison you make to fluff and like the empty McDonald's wrapper floating around. I I would kind of put that this movie in that category as well as it's it's somewhat vacuous. There's no nutrition to it, you know. I would also say that it was fine with without, you know, taking aside the points where I was like w- like something gets revealed and I'm like why should I care about this? Or like the plot takes a, a different turn and I'm like, "Oh, okay, we're doing this now." And, you know, I it's just kind of there. It's just, I took it in. I watched it. It didn't offend me either. I wasn't angry at it. Um, yeah, I, I think I also have to agree on your point about the, the campiness. Uh, I thought I thought some of this was like straight up cartoonish at points. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was interesting, especially thinking about it in, in kind of terms of the whole dinosaur series, because it, it is different i would say it's i would say i wouldn't even I, this is one thing i disagree with you i think that you could say this is almost a straight up remake of the lost world i think it's the exact same plot um some some elements are tweaked certain elements are just straight up ripped out of the lost world and considering that's probably the the least memorable jurassic park film <laughs> i'm surprised and that it's it's the, it's the movie that made jurassic it's like it's one of steven spielberg's like it's considered one of his worst films and okay. so, I'm con- so like I said, as I'm watching this, like I know, like Colin Madman Trevorrow, like I'm thinking it under his lens, even though he did not direct this, he did write write it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have actually two things I want to bring up: uh, follow ups to Jurassic our Jurassic World conversation about the Madman himself. Oh, ooh, okay. But uh, we'll get to that in a moment. But no, like I said, there, I think uh, this it's this thing almost plays like a greatest hits of the Jurassic Park series. Really, you think so? Yeah, I, there's so ah. many there's so many elements in this. They're just straight up either homages or homages or just uh, blatantly ripping off other films. Like I was genuinely disappointed there wasn't a point in the film where we had a Velociraptor. Um, (laughs) Like Jurassic Park 3 talks to Sam Neill. I'm surprised Mm -hmm. at one point we didn't hear Chris Pratt hearing a dinosaur call his name. Like I I was shocked that didn't happen considering that's like a – that's a big meme now on the internet. Yeah, that would have been great. I I wanted to – to see him ride the Velociraptor, I think I said I was, that. I was shocked by that. Like I know Rob said, like he, I'm not sure if it got made into the recording or not, but I really was expecting Chris Pratt to ride oh, a yeah. dinosaur at this point. And I'm shocked they haven't done that. Like I, that is that blew my mind. Considering after the stupid uh, motorcycle run through the the jungle in Jurassic World, we did not get that. He didn't yeah. put a saddle on blue and ride blue around the mansion. Yeah, I, I was very, very surprised, especially with, you know, how much it develops that, that romantic relationship that we uh, we touched on in our last episode about dinosaurs. <laughs> 
All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll get into some scenes. Maybe when uh, when we when we do, we could talk about why I think it was a little different. Uh, but what do you got? What do you got about the Madman? What are we talking about him again? Uh, well, this is kind of going back to Jurassic World in the context of that. As as everybody knows, we are the connoisseurs of context. <laughs> uh, going back, oh, this will touch into a thing for this movie too. The Bryce Howard running with the heels in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. I I heard that apparently <clears throat> Bryce Howard fought for that scene. Like he apparently the madman told her like, honey, you're in the middle of a jungle. Why are you wearing high heels? And she said, no, I want to wear the high heels. And she <laughs> fought to do that. Oh, so okay. that, apparently that was her decision. and He allowed her to do it. Interesting. Uh, num- number two is this is a little bit more the the making of Jurassic World that I heard back during uh, whatever it was like 2012, 2013 ish when or even maybe even 2014 when Disney was trying to make The Force Awakens. Apparently, they wanted. This is all coming out with like The Incredibles two and Brad Bird. Apparently, they their first choice was um, well, one of their first choices was Brad Bird for for The Force Awakens, and he said, "I can't. I'm too busy working on Tomorrowland, like pre production on Tomorrowland." Yeah. And they said, "Wait, we have an idea. What would happen if uh, once Tomorrowland?" leaves like, like once you're finished with principal photography for tomorrow uh, Tomorrowland, colin trevorrow takes over post-production but while okay i'm trying to get this right um uh, but before you start filming principal photography for um Tomorrowland, uh trevorrow will help prep force awakens for you so basically Trevorrow would have been like a co-director on both films. Okay. So like while Brad Bird was like working on Tomorrowland's principal photography, Trevorrow would have been prepping Force Awakens for him. And once Tomorrowland finished principal photography, Brad Bird went straight into Force Awakens principal photography and Trevorrow would have finished Tomorrowland in like in the editing bay. Okay. In- and, yeah. I heard, oh. and I heard and I heard that and they apparently they, they tried doing it. Like for like they tried it out for a couple weeks and it wasn't working. And that's why Kathleen, because Kathleen Kennedy is married to Frank Marshall, who's the producer of all the Jurassic World films mm-hmm. and Jurassic Park and a bunch of other things. And apparently, like while this was going on, Kathleen Kennedy kind of told her husband, "Honey, you gotta check, you gotta check this guy Trevorrow out. He's he's a team player." And that's how the Madman got dragged onto uh, or got uh, drafted into the world of Jurassic World. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Is that that switching of like, um, you know, uh, you do this and we work on these movies and then at a certain point we kind of swap and work on each other's movies. Is that common in Hollywood? No, that absolutely okay. not. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought so. I, it probably happens like there are instances where somebody comes in like other either remedies a film or like mm-hmm. or they lock the director at the, the editing bay, which is never good. But to have it like um, amicable, have like an amicable a swap between so many states like where like filmmakers just keep like oh god jumping back and forth between production to production i i've I've never heard of an example of that being successful or noteworthy um but i guess they were so desperate to have somebody involved with force awakens they were willing to try anything Mm -hmm. but yes that's what that's what i've heard since our jurassic world episode okay okay and then it all fell through and that well, I don't know about Tomorrowland, but of course, neither of them ended up doing anything with The Force Awakens, right? No. Yeah, and George R. Abrams did. got hired. Yes, good old, good old George R. Abrams. Tomorrow, doesn't Tomorrowland have George Clooney or something? Did Tomorrowland ever come out? 
Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow land's gonna be a cinematic one day. We're, we're we're that's that's on the docket. It might not be uh, for another couple of years, but that is a that is a definitive cinematic. That is a okay. That is a wonky. Yes, that's George Clooney. And uh, the fun fact about that film: George Clooney falls in love with a ten-year-old robot girl. That is the climax <laughs> of that film. That's not even a joke. He literally falls in love with a ten-year-old uh, robot girl. The climax, really? Yes, I'm, that's like I, the big. You're that's not, like the big point of the movie. You will not believe when we eventually get to that. You'll lose your mind when you watch that film. This is how, considering that it's a two hundred million dollar uh, Disney blockbuster that came out in the last five years, like you will lose your mind at that actually okay. got made. Did was it directed by Brad Bird? Yes, and written by Damon Lindelof. Oh, the other. Talks about JJ. We got Damon getting the lost people involved. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to this. But yes, back to the uh, Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to bring up, I guess, before we jump into spoilers and all the details, uh, box office. Now, I know we don't have any, <laughs> any idea about... Oh, we do uh, now. The, we well, the now. weekend's... Well, yes, we do. That's what I want to talk about. But the weekend's not over. That's the point I'm trying to make. This is not definitive. But I have some inside information uh-uh. that my prediction of $210 million opening weekend, <laughs> it's not just gonna it's not just gonna make that, it's gonna exceed it. Oh this is, so okay. this is how I know. This is how I know. When I saw this movie yesterday, there were twelve people in the theater. It was me and eleven people, okay? And I know for a fact each of those people paid nineteen million dollars, nineteen million ninety thousand nine hundred eight dollars per ticket. Okay, specific. But I, these poor saps, didn't have a coupon like I did, so I got my ticket for twelve dollars. And if you do the math, that's two hundred ten million on the nose plus sex ticket. I think I'm going to win. I think I won the box office prediction on this one, Zach. You won, you won the Cinematis box office pool? <laughs> wait, yeah, wait, wait for the Colorado numbers to come in. Your mind's going to be blown. <laughs> I'll keep my ear to the ground. It's going to be like the GDP of, of multiple small nations. This is the box office of this movie in Colorado. I've heard that some, some towns in Colorado are running out of money to go see this movie. So they've started just like performing sacrifices to go see this movie. So how does Hollywood rank that? If a movie makes like 130 million, uh, two goats and the blood of a of a newborn or something, like where does that rank up with uh, with inflation and things like that? I, Do we uh, know? Has Hollywood adapted to the the changing times we live in, Zach? Um, I would imagine they'll be willing to embrace that before they're willing to uh, report numbers with inflation. I, I think that's fair to say they'll start. Uh, Factoring in uh, blood, 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 blood payments, blood money. Yes, that's good. <laughs> oh man. Okay, uh, but uh, seriously, I think um, what is it? It's slated for the low end of what you said, Zach. One hundred thirty million. Yeah, it's good. It's it depends. Like, like Rob said, it could um, it could rally, but The Incredibles took off too well. Like The okay. Incredibles made made more money than it should have last weekend. So. Barring uh, and from what I can tell, the word on the word of mouth on this is not great. So it's it's. I think a lot of people are going to see this as underwhelming, especially it's it's a much different film than the than I think anything in the series in the sense of what people will expect. Even though it plays like a greatest hits, it's 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 a weird it's a weird movie. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's it's greatest hits, but it has like a weird sort of like aura around it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's 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 a weird movie. Not Tomorrowland weird, but it's a it's a goofy movie. Oh yeah, but no. Hundred third. At this point, um, I think it made fifteen million dollars. 
on Thursday night. So uh, obviously the Colorado numbers weren't reported yet. The the uh, twenty million dollar tickets that were sold in the Colorado <laughs> theaters. So like I said, it's 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 probably going to do around one hundred and thirty, one hundred and fifty, depending on what Incredibles two does. There's going to be a, another one. Like it's it's set already, right? Yes, Mad, okay. the Madman's coming back for the third one. Yeah. So what what could happen to make that not occur? No, uh, the whole movie. Like, what would would this movie like have to stop making money right now, and they wouldn't do a third one? What do you think? Or is it just guaranteed we, we have to watch another dinosaur movie? <laughs> I think it's guaranteed. I think the I, these movies just print money. I and this is another one of those franchises where the I think the toys. I think the movie is just a glorified commercial for the toys. Like I know I went to Target after the movie and they had all the toys. I was very disappointed. I did not find an indoor raptor toy. <laughs> I really wanted an indoor raptor uh, Funko Pop. I could not find any. They did have they did have blue toys. I found blue and a bunch of other dinosaurs. Okay. They had, they had a Chris Pratt toy, which I started laughing at for like a solid fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, one of the eyebrows was like painted like over his eye, so it looked like he was blind. Um, did they have a, a BD Wong toy? No, they did not have a BD uh, a BD Wong toy. There should be more of those. There should be. What about uh, Toby Jones? Because he was in this. He was like he was the engineer. Um, he was uh, Emil Zola from the Marvel movies. Oh, from, I know like, who Captain Toby Mar- Jones is. I oh, okay. Think, uh, I was trying to think the most obscure movie he's been in. Like, <laughs> oh, they don't make blank toys. Oh, he was a uh, uh, he was Ollie the Bag Boy in the Mist in two, from two thousand seven. <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If that was obscure. That's a great movie. Insert Ollie the Bag Boy toy reference here. That's fine. But until then, if you don't shut up, I'll wrap this tape around your mouth. You just try it, Ollie Weeks, and you bitch. <laughs> All right. I want to start talking about this movie because this movie, even though it does not make me as angry as Jurassic World One, it is a stupid, stupid movie. Oh, definitely, and I have some things I, I absolutely want right. to talk about. So I'm going to jump right in. Spoilers? We're saying we're doing spoilers? Yeah, yeah spoilers. Let's I do it. I, okay, for the record, it's worth saying that there, I don't think there's anything uh, in this movie to spoil. There's dinosaurs. Uh, they roar. Chris literally Pratt what I was about to say. <laughs> like, there is nothing to spoil about this film. Like, think about it. If you want to, like, like, there's no Han Solo dies of this movie. There's no uh, Bruce Willis is dead. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no, like, point where you Are, can ruin this movie. You're, you're telling me that if I had texted you at like 2 in the morning your time last night and said, Maisie is a clone, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had your mind blown. You wouldn't have been like, oh, fuck, the movie's ruined. I saw, I, from the moment that she went to go for the picture in the guy's like photo book and he pulled it away from her, I'm like, oh, she's going to be a clone. I'm like, I, I called that the moment that happened. Because, like, like the moment, like, uh, what's Bryce Howard, like, sees her, like, in the shadows. And I'm like, oh, crap, please mm. don't. Because I'm not sure if Rob knows this, though. But, like, when they wanted to make Jurassic Park 4 back, like, in the early 2000s, there was always, like, this concept art that floated around. Like, one of the ideas they have is they want to do, like, half-human, half-dinosaur, like, hybrids. Like, that was, like, a legit plot point they were pursuing. And I'm like, and like when they did, that, I'm like, oh crap, are they really gonna make? Like, I thought, I'm like, oh god, they're gonna make her like half dinosaur. I'm like, perfect. And then like, oh, she looks like a normal kid. I'm like, no, they're they're not gonna make her dinosaur. They're gonna make her a clone. And in the moment when the guy pulls the picture away from her, I figured it was gonna be um instead of like the the original daughter with the nanny, I thought it was gonna be the father, like as a young man with her, like the same age looking. Um, so the mm-hmm. nanny thing threw me off. But no, uh, that that like I I saw that I, I would have been like, what is he talking about? 
I, I would have been like, what? Like, who the hell is Maisie? It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it's worth so, noting that Zach and Gray do not come back. I was very disappointed about that. Yeah, neither does Judy Greer. Like, what's up with that? Well, she's too busy. She's too busy in Ant Man doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, off, she's off doing other other Judy Greer things. Being um, bad movies. So, so yeah, that was the the one of the things I wanted Zach's opinion on, which he gave it gave it to us. How obvious did he think it was that Maisie was a clone? I thought it was incredibly obvious. Um, that was the big one of the big reveals that I was mentioning before. When I was watching the movie, I kind of understood. Or, or predicted or saw it coming that she was going to be a clone or, you know, something in that to that respect. Um, I knew that was going to be a reveal. But then there's that scene. In that scene of the reveal, the movie keeps going. And, and one of the cartoonish bad guys is like, I'm just going to give you a bunch of stories about why you're a clone. You have no idea what she is. What do you think drove Hammond and Lockwood apart? Huh? Lockwood never had a grandchild. He just wanted his daughter back. And he had the technology. He created another. He made her again. And I was like, am I supposed to care? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, this is like the first time we ever see Maisie, we ever see Mills, we ever see Lockwood. Like Lockwood's not in any other mo- any other movies, right? That's that's all I was gonna ask you because like they keep making this out to be like, oh, Lockwood did this. Lockwood he was Hammond's partner. Yeah, they talk yeah. about like Hammond and him falling out because Maisie was a clone because Hammond didn't want to clone people, and I'm like. Where, where is this coming from? Like, why would I care about this? This isn't established in the slightest. I don't. I don't think Lockwood's even mentioned in any of the other Jurassic Park movies. It's just Masrani tr- and Hammond. Like that's like I'm trying to think of if if it was even mentioned in any of the prior. I, I don't think it's. Yeah, I, I look. I'm looking online. And apparently, it's a Jurassic Park wiki, and it says <laughs> Benjamin Lockwood uh, appearances just Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like uh, uh, like a Laura Dern, Lord Laura Dern, Laura Dern, Laura Dern clone. Oh God, that's a tongue twister. That's Laura, Laura Dern clone. That's what I, I thought. I, I, yeah, I thought, right. I thought it was gonna be something that's like I was not they were gonna make like Laura Dern the victim. Be be like oh something with like Sam Neill or like the kids from the first Jurassic Park. Like maybe like yeah. that's like the daughter of the girl from the first film. Tie like, it back tie in. in. Somehow, yeah, that would have made sense, but instead they go on this, like, this old man who you just met and is dead wanted a clone of a human, and it's a huge reveal. <laughs> it's it not just, established at all. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I thought it was it's such an up. interesting... Oh, it's, it's yeah, built the, up as if, oh, it's, as if we're supposed to know. Yep, it's like we're supposed to care, like it's supposed to be an enthralling moment, and it's just... You know, I, my theater was dead silent. I believe. <laughs> well, it's like it's a it's like a huge payoff with absolutely no setup, mm-hmm. and that's just yep. that's so bizarre. Again, I don't know how in the scripting stage the madman just got away with that and no one questioned him on it. Yeah, it's, the shit that he puts in movies blows my fucking mind sometimes. <laughs> well, it not really sometimes, does. all the time, all the time. It's worth noting he does have a co-writer, and it's Derek Connolly, who I think has worked with him on pretty much everything. Okay, okay. So it's like, like we can't just dump this all at the madman's feet, but <laughs> I imagine that 
it's almost like it's they're synonymous. Like it's like one's they're both on the same page. Yeah, like they're they're not a they're they're probably just feeding into each other and fanning yeah. the, the terrible flames of their production. Oh yeah. But okay. getting, to, getting to the beginning of this film. Yeah, yeah, um, do we want very, a, a plot synopsis or something? Do we something, wanna... something happens, dinosaurs. There we go, plot synopsis. Yeah, I, um, so if you've seen any of the other uh, Jurassic Park movies, I don't know if I said it in our first recording or if uh, if it made it into the final version, but every movie is like the same three acts. Like, oh my god, look at those dinosaurs. Isn't that amazing? Holy shit, those dinosaurs are attacking us. What are we gonna do about the dinosaurs? It's, so it's the same. Follows the same fucking formula as every single one of them. Uh, just you know, as we'll get into some scenes with some interesting changes. So yeah, beginning of the movie, Zach. What do you got? Beginning of the movie, we see uh, like a James Cameron submersible underwater. They are at the Jurassic World Park, and they're like in the giant like uh, Shamu tank with the giant uh, Jaws shark or giant Jaws the uh, dinosaur. And they're like, they go there, and like, this is why I knew the movie was gonna be bad. And it's like, and they're like, the guy's like, there's not any dinosaurs around here. And he's like, nah, man, they died off years ago. Relax. Anything in you'd be dead by now. And I'm like, how would it just die off? It's yeah. like, yeah, really. It's like, it, but at the same time, though, I thought, I'm like, how does a dinosaur that's living like in an aquarium not die of starvation? Like after, because they make a very big point of saying that it's three years after Jurassic War. It takes place three years later. So like, I was thinking about that. And I'm like, wait, how could the, the the Jaws dinosaur still be alive? Like, there's no way it could survive in that tank for three years without I mean, any food. Like, it can't yeah. just get out. Like, and they yeah, clearly other, show that was other what? dinosaurs on the island would have had to have been like just lining falling? up to die and fall in. <laughs> yeah, like I'm guessing maybe they were drinking. It. Maybe like dinosaurs were drinking water and just like picked them off like a crocodile does with like birds. Um, I mean that could be the case, but I mean there's got to be other water sources on the island. Like all the dinosaurs maybe wouldn't have. Maybe to go it's to salty. There. Maybe because it's all salt water. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I really don't. Uh, so uh, okay, yes, yeah. so, okay, so, so dinosaurs some, should be dead. Absolutely, dinosaurs, yeah, dinosaurs should be dead. And so like the submersible goes in there. They're looking for like the the bones of uh, Jason Voorhees dinosaur. From the mm-hmm. previous film, and they're like, "We got it," and they're like, and, and it's this overly complex like way of retrieving like like a sheared off tooth from Indominus Rex. Yeah, where like they saw it off, like put it next to like a uh, like a flotation device, like like a like a balloon buoy. Yeah, and they fly it to the surface. Then people on a helicopter, like 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 it's not even made clear in the film. Like it's like first thing we see is like. There's a bunch of guys on a landing pad. They take off, and we never see them claim it. But next thing we know, they're back on the landing pad. We see them take off, but we never see them land. And like the technician that's like opening like the floodgates is mm-hmm. like, "Hurry back, submissible or submersible. You gotta get back." And like, in it's in like I, I don't know. Like the giant like Josh dinosaur eats the submersible, and then the T Rex shows up out of nowhere. The technician like is running and they like throw him like a what would you call it like the ladder like the uh the oh, salt yeah, the, ladder yeah the rope ladder or whatever the rope ladder and like it's like this big thing oh is he gonna escape the t-rex bit it and mm-hmm. like they fly over the giant freaking uh like aquarium and it's like oh here it comes and the jaw yeah. shark just leaps up out of the water like it did in the first film and, and eats the guy and like the helicopter guys are like sucks the suck 
like, and it's like, and, and then the credits, it says Jurassic Park. Is that the Park. line? Is that the line? I don't remember. I hope that's it's, the line. If that's not the line, I'm, it, it should be. And, <laughs> and that's, and then it literally cuts the credits. It says Jurassic World 2 Dinosaur Boogaloo. And yeah. it's like, that's it. And it's like, okay, apparently this is the movie. And then this is the part I was bringing up. The very first shot we get of Bryce Howard is a shot of her high heels and the camera pans up to her face from her high heels. And I'm like, really? I'm like, after all the quote-unquote controversy that that high heels thing from her in the first film caused, are we really going to jump directly into that again? And I don't want to hijack this too much from Rob. So Rob, stop me if there's anything here that controversial you want to talk about. Like, Bryce Howard, like, works in some sort of, like, like, office space where there's like dozens upon dozens of people who are trying to save the dinosaurs it is literally called the dinosaur protection group so our mission here at the dinosaur protection group is to secure federal funding is it really like, that's what it's called that's what it's the dinosaur oh protection group like they couldn't have even come up with like a catchier name even if you make that like an initialism dpg like those are that's hard letters in a row. Like that's not the easiest thing to say. It doesn't roll off the tongue. And yeah, they have a, a staff of millions funding from who knows where. But we only need to care about two of them, right? We yes. only need to care about two of the millions of employees who fight the or fight the dinosaurs who want to save the dinosaurs. <laughs> it's like and it's worth noting these two employees. One is a generic female who likes to. Uh, or no, I'm sorry generic edgy female who loves dinosaurs and generic uh male hacker yeah with I'm a not, girly with a girly scream he's got the girly scream going yeah, he's on. got the girly scream yeah um the gender norms there are, are switched because she's obviously the much more masculine one he's not <laughs> it's worth noting that they, it's, it's worth noting that in this too much like they did with like uh lando and solo and like all the other movies they claim and it's it's not in the film even though i think you can infer it they made a very big point of saying that she's either gay or bisexual or something. They've said mm-hmm. that in the in the pre-release mark in the pre-release interviews that she is some sort of not not heterosexual because yeah. because apparently that clearly matters to the plot of this film that um, um, she bats for the same team. I mean, it, I think it's it's the most important. <laughs> if you don't if you don't have that, you don't understand. Why she uh, is a veter- veterinarian? I think she's a veterinarian. Uh, I guess because she keeps saying <laughs> that, she's, it's said numerous times that she's the only person that can take care of dinosaurs. Yeah, it's also yeah. made. She also says that she's never seen a dinosaur before. So how could you be trained to take care of something that you've never encountered before? As a matter of fact, I do have the dinosaur's best interest in mind. I'm a paleo veterinarian. That's a real thing. No, I haven't seen one with my own eyes. You know, not everyone can afford to spend their life savings. Yeah, you know, it's just she's just a she's an academic. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I, this is what I mean. This is, isn't that what like Julianne Moore's character was from like, or no, Vince Vaughn's character from Lost World, where he was like a dinosaur technician or like a dinosaur nurse. I thought he was. I thought Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn was just the cameraman. Like the oh no, jur- the Ju- journalist. Julianne Moore. The, then. Ju- Julianne Moore. Then I got. I get their. Yeah, she. Confused. She was. She was a like a dinosaur. She was like an anthropologist, and she wanted to go to the island to see dinosaurs because at that point in the Jurassic Park movies, they didn't exist anywhere but on the island. That's okay. So that's so that's what it was. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, she seems like a clone of like Julianne Moore from that movie. It's like like, t- like again, 
uh, character archetype, tough woman who doesn't take nonsense from anyone. And like, and it's like, oh, okay, that's going to be that character. Uh, like I said, the guy's just, he, he, not that he's a wimp, but he's just kind of, he, he's a computer nerd. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's a sissy because he's a computer nerd. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's that's his character, like computer sissy computer nerd. Like that that's all you need. And but I think one of the best like and there's many best parts of this film is that like something happens on TV because there's there's a like, we didn't talk about this. There's a volcano on the island. Apparently, neither John Hammond or Indian John Hammond had the uh, foresight to figure out maybe it's not a great idea to, to dump billions of dollars into something where there's a volcano. Yeah, yeah, and. And you know, I'm I'm just gonna take a guess. They don't, I don't think they say it in the movie, but there's probably two volcanoes on the other island on Isla Sorna, right? <laughs> I don't think that's even canon because I don't, is Isla, is, I know there's two islands referenced in the first film, but I don't think the they're they're given a name in the first film. Uh, well, that's how I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take them all in the same universe still. There, I think, but the Madman has said they are not. I know, but fuck the madman. <laughs> <laughs> the madman no, is a worth, poor story decision. I, I know he I know he did, but it's also worth noting that Jeff Goldblum is a different he's not the Lost World character. He's exclusively the first film character. That's that's true. That is true. That is true. I yeah, I guess we didn't mention that the bookends of this movie are Goldblum talking to the senate or there's some committee well that's that's uh, what i too with the volcano it's like yes. as i'm yeah. watching this and they're like like uh, they're like should the u.s intervene in saving the dinosaurs and i'm like a it's international waters they have no jurisdiction two it's owned by a private corporation yep. and it, like they make a point of saying that like they didn't say engine went bankrupt, but they said they paid out like a little less than like a billion dollars in settlements yeah and so like they clearly own it still so like like so you have the uh, like I don't want to jump ahead too far, but it's like what what stake does the government have in this? Unless engines like went bankrupt, and part of like the like the like bankruptcy is them giving up all their research to like the federal government, like that would make that would make sense. Like if the government was to get involved, so like that scene has like absolutely like other than just like we need Jeff like Jeff Goldblum was available for a weekend. So let's mm-hmm. shoot something with him. Exactly. <laughs> it's like why? It's like why is that scene even in the movie? Because you could take that entire, both of those sequences out of the film, and it would not change the movie at all. It makes much more sense. I think that scene, the scene, probably the way it it is, makes more sense if it came after all the dinosaurs got free into the world, like the end of the movie where the Maisie frees all the dinosaurs. It would make more sense if. If it was in a Senate hearing in response to that, but it clearly isn't because they say the line where they're like, do we intervene? Do we save the dinosaurs from the volcano? So clearly it's before that whole, the whole movie and the plot has occurred. If they had just like done like a time switcheroo where they had like Goldblum at the beginning, just saying crazy chaos theory stuff. And then at the end, they have the rest of it and make you realize that it's a hearing on, well, fuck, we got dinosaurs everywhere. That would have made more, way more sense. It would have been way more impactful. So I agree. It makes no sense in the way it's set up in the movie right now. It's really – because this movie has like a weird – because like one of the first like uh, philosophical debates of like saving the dinosaurs or what their role is going to be in, in the world from now on. Like the first thing is with Goldblum, and he's like – he's like, well, it's an act of – it's like it's an act of God. It's like the dinosaurs are wiped out by uh, uh, a – what do you want to call it? A, 
oh god, uh, Earth Earth defining event. Mm-hmm. The same thing's happening now on a much smaller scale. Yeah and, yeah, and one of the senators or politicians is like, "Are we supposed to believe this is an act of God, Mister Goldblum?" Are you suggesting the Almighty is taking matters in his own hands? Which is exactly <laughs> what it is. It's a volcano erupting. Nobody <laughs> has control over that. It is the definition of an act of God. <laughs> and it's like, and he's like, no, no, no. What I'm trying to say is, it's 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 the world trying to uh, course correct from what you like. Once you let the genie out of the bottle, you can't put it back in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that makes perfect sense. It's like, you know what? Like we create these creatures. It's the world's way of saying, or the universe saying, like enough. Like this is this shouldn't exist. And so it's like, okay, so no no government involvement. And so next thing we know, like we've already kind of talked about, it's like uh, Bryce Howard gets a phone call from what's the company even called? Like, do they have a name or is it just Blackwood or Lockwood? I think it's Lockwood Industries, Lockwood Corporation. I think it's one of those two. But okay. we, we do have to mention that doesn't she get this phone call like immediately upon seeing the, the like the results of the Senate hearing on TV? Yeah. It's, and it like it's, it's pretty just, instantaneous. It's just immediate. Like Lockwood in his like dying old man state had nothing better to do than just sit there and wait there like if they say no. I'm gonna call her. <laughs> I don't think had, it was him. It's like the, ready to go. Oh, I'm, Mills. I if, yeah, I think, the, uh, I think it's a uh, guy McFace. Guy Mills. Yeah. Well, I don't. He wasn't guy McFace to me. I don't think he's guy McFace. You don't think he was? No. Yeah. Why do you think he was guy McFace? He's a generic acting man. You can call him he's, that. <laughs> he's a guy McFace. He's, he's acting man. He's actor man. It's I just think, like. I thought. I thought uh, guy McFace. He was. His acting was very generic. He was one of the more cartoonish characters I felt at points. He's just he, again, he's a he's generic villain who's out to make yeah, money. Like, okay, you know, okay. The but only that, thing that could have made him more generic is if he was a bald man and he was a little fat. <laughs> All he cares about <laughs> is profits. I thought the criteria for Guy McFace was that they had to have like a forgettable face. I thought this guy stood out well enough. Like, I'm, no, no, Guy McFace no, is a term so? for g- generic a, a, a generic male. Character performance. Ah, that's oh, okay. what it is. It's okay. it's not meant to like again. Uh, Chris Chris Pratt would be a guy big face, except yeah. he's hero man. Like he's not. He's he's, he's he's hero man. That's what he is. And he's he's, he, he's like uh, hero McFace. I don't know. We need a combination. Well, that's what he is. Like, well, 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 yeah. Hero man is is. It's just yeah. You can call him hero McFace. It just hero doesn't, just McFace. doesn't have I'm a nice a, enough rank. I'm a hero. No. I'll think of something. I'll think of something. We'll, we'll do an update on that. <laughs> so she gets a phone call from Guy McFace, and she's like, please come out to my estate. And I'm like, okay. Because like, I, I think we both knew walking into this, that, like the latter half of the film is going to take place like in a mansion. And so like, yeah. I, they do, like, I do like an establishing shot of the mansion. The mansion looks like shockingly small, considering that we're going to have di- – like, like this thing's going to house like 50 dinosaurs at some point in <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm expecting, like, like not a mansion, but like, like almost like an estate or a complex, like something yeah. huge. And yeah. it's like it, it's like a mansion. It's just, it's just a mansion, and it's like but okay, it's, she got, but it's got all the highest, highest, high tech, state of the art science equipment, and they got like a little. You see that the conveyor belt they built? It, like they pull the lever and it brings the dinosaur out on in the cage, and then they pull the lever the other way and it goes back in. That's that's advanced shit. And they have a little L- they have a little LCD television that has like all the current bids for dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. That is some high tech. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's where they put all their money. They were like, well, we could build another wing to our mansion, <laughs> or, or we could super flourish. fancy conveyor belt. 
boy. So, so anyway, so Bryce Howard goes to the mansion, talks with Guy McFace, and he's like, we want to save the dinosaurs. She uh, meets with James Cromwell, who at this point just plays these characters no matter her. Now, he's another one who's just generic old man now. Oh, yeah. And we see him, and he's like, oh, like, I, I want to see, like, me and Hammond were so close. Like, Richard, At- I'm pretty sure at one point he almost says Richard, At- eh, Richard Attenborough, and he cuts like, oh, Hammond, oh, Hammond. Uh. <laughs> and so you have that, and, like, he show- they have, like, a model of, like, this, like, this, like island sanctuary where they're going to put the dinosaurs and it's like, okay, great. I don't know how this is any different than what we did with the first one. It's like, it's an island. He's like, no tourists. I'm like, yeah, right. And no and volcanoes. No volcanoes. Hope. Fingers until crossed. The, <laughs> until like the eighth movie where we need another volcano. <laughs> it's it's going to be something like uh, like an iceberg or a glacier is going to come and it's going to like I freeze wish. the island or something. I and it's going to be like uh, Jurassic Park 6, Jurassic Park 4, Glacier Boogaloo. <laughs> No, it's going to be um, Jurassic Park 7, Day of the Iceberg. <laughs> Day of the Iceberg. I like it. So, and then at one point, like, talking about uh, Lockwood, he's like, like, Bryce Howard's like, oh, your, your wife, whatever her name is, would have absolutely loved this. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, there's a wife that we were supposed to know at this point? And what her feelings are on this? Yeah. It's like, what is going on? But, like, during, right before this scene, we're introduced, like, a little shadow of, like, a little girl. And, like, and Bryce Howard's like, oh, who is that? Oh, that's Mr. Lockwood's granddaughter. And it's like, great. Who cares? <laughs> and so they're like, why? And she's like, why do you need my help, though? It's like, oh, we need your fingerprint to, like, access, like, the computer data room of, like, Jurassic World. And like, she's like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm on board. They're like, oh, but we need uh, Chris Pratt. And she's like, oh. Okay. And, and so, she's like, oh, he lives in a van now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a whole subplot, too. I think, that, I think that's the line. She's like, I don't want to talk to him. He lives in a van. <laughs> Such a, oh, my God. So, so, so she, she's like, so she goes looking for him. Cause, well, they, the, they need him because he's in love with the raptor, right? And yes, they, they, he, they have to seduce ra- the raptor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he has a raging hard on for the raptor. And he only they need his, his uh, seduction and his, his, uh, his you know, his prowess. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and so she goes looking for him. He's like, he has like a little trailer. I think it's the same trailer he had in the first film. And he's like uh, building, like, like it's, it's like a shocking little house. Like, it's like almost like a little house. Like, I was looking at it. He's almost as tall as the house. And it's <laughs> Doesn't like, he call it a cabin at one he point? He calls it a cabin, but like, it's, it's like a, one thing, like a cabin's one thing. But this is like, like, like a shack almost. <laughs> and this if you be, look, I'm not sure if Rob... shanty pick, status. <laughs> oh, shanty. There it goes. That's the word, shanty. He's building a shanty. And you look, and like, she goes up to him. And if you see, like, I'm not sure if it was like a model, but like, he has like a small miniature, miniaturized version of the shack like in front of the shack he's building. Oh, I it's did like not a, see this. It's, oh. I, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but it looks like something like like I don't know, like the prop department creates. It's like an exact like replica, but like maybe like I don't know, like a twenty fifth the size. And you look <laughs> at it, and it's actually just completed the same amount as where he's in because he's like he's halfway of like. I don't think he's putting the roof on, but like he's putting part of like a lip of the roof on. And if you look at this little model he has right in front of the house, the shack, it's completed exactly at the same point that he's currently doing it. So apparently on top of building his own shack, he's building a scaled down model of the shack at the same time. <laughs> 
I, I, I was about to say maybe that's how he operates, but I can't imagine Chris Pratt or the character Owen that he plays. Either of them would have like it's that not much a character. Hair. He's, he's Hero Man. He's, he doesn't have a name. He's Hero Man. Yeah, he like I can't imagine that he would give that much of a fuck. Like, wouldn't his character just be like, "I can build a shanty. I don't need a goddamn small miniature to guide me." You know, I got my proportions. He's like measure once, cut twice, that type of shit, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that, I think that's just someone from the prop department must have been like, "Wouldn't this be cool?" And, and the director was like, "Fuck it. This movie's gonna be a train wreck anyway." Yeah, like I said, that's uh, yeah. We'll get into the director toward the end of this, though. But that's its own story. <laughs> okay, but yeah, we should talk about him living in a van. I think, and 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 why Bryce Howard doesn't like this, and apparently it's why they broke up to some extent. I left you. You left because I told you to. And then I left because you didn't want to live in a van on the side no, of the road. No, 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 remember? no, no, because you wouldn't let me drive the damn van for five minutes. I'm chivalrous. Uh, what can I do? You are so stubborn. Well, it's shocking how this is a plot point uh, since the, the during the events of one and two. Like, it's, it's crazy. They spend so little time on this aspect of their relationship in, like, both movies. Uh, but but you know it's just always nonsense you know it's just them talking about shit they did in the past i think that's a very strange thing and this one you know the first one made a little sense in jurassic world because it was like oh blah 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 we had problems okay this one is just like weird like it's just like i don't i didn't want to live in a van like he's building a fucking shanty he's clearly not living in a van <laughs> like like what is the point of that conversation I really don't get it. Cause like, it cause then she, blew me she, away. So she goes to him, tells him, like, I need to talk to you. Like, do you want to get a beer? He like they go to a bar and she like runs through the plot again with him, like, oh, the, all the dinosaurs are dinosaurs are gonna die. Like, why don't you care? And he's like, They're dinosaurs, they're like all animals are gonna die eventually. And she's like, But what about blue though? Oh and yeah. He, and he's like, It's a dinosaur. It'll be like it, again, it either lives or it dies, it figures out a way. And then she goes to that the entire, like, it's generic spiel, like, if you really cared, you'd come with me. Like, you're on the plane manifest. So he sits there and, like, takes, like, a, like a swig of his beer, and the next shot is him, like, on his iPad, watching, like, his research footage of, like, Baby Blue. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, which, it's, I, I, it's weird. So, so you, it's in a weird way, Chris Pratt's, like, almost like, like a, I don't want to say, like, a, like, is this, like, incest almost? Like incest so, dinosaur porn almost? So I don't think this is incest. I think the the correct term for it is grooming. Like is, that, you, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, from from the the hours of my life I've spent watching Zvu, there are many episodes where they uh, go after pedophiles who like, you know, try and kidnap kids when they're babies and then like raise them to be their sex objects when they're older, and they call it grooming. So that's that's legitimately what this is, I think, because we all know from our first episode on Jurassic World and the and the events of this movie that Chris Pratt and this dinosaur are romantically involved. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's grooming, and that's it's I not like, it's not an okay thing. <laughs> I'm really hoping it is a deleted scene in this film where like um, Chris Pratt and Bryce Howard in the bar together, and it's like you kept wanting me to dress up like the dinosaur during sex. <laughs> like, I wish that were a scene. Yes, and it's like I. It's like, it's like yeah. Chris, Pratt, Chris Pratt's like, just because I wanted you to wear a blue stripe during sex doesn't mean I was into the dinosaur. 
<laughs> but the scales and the claws. Before we recorded this episode, Zach sent me a, a link where I could buy a a child's blue the Velociraptor costume. That should have been like the product placement of this movie. Dallas Bryce Dallas Howard should have been like, I didn't want to wear the. Officially licensed Warner Brothers <laughs> Jurassic Park Blue the Velociraptor Halloween costume. <laughs> oh, that's I, good. I, I can only hope that's in a deleted scene somewhere. Like that's the reason why it wasn't the driving of the van. It's the fact that he had some sort of weird fetish with her, <laughs> and she wasn't able to deal with it. That would have that would have elevated this whole movie for me because I think that would have made all their interactions for the remainder of the film that much more awkward. Just the audience knowing that about them. <laughs> Because the whole van thing is inconsequential. If it was like, Chris Pratt, you wanted me to do weird sex things, I didn't like it. And that, that's a very different tone. There's, there's the a point the in film. the film where Bryce Howard is driving like a truck, and I'm like, oh, they're going to tie this in. And it's never made, like, after, like, I guess after that bar scene, it's really never referenced again. Like, I figured, like, at one point, she's driving, like, some sort of truck, and he's, like, running to catch up. And I figured, like, oh, they're going to tie this in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope. We're never. It's like, that was all first act. We're not referencing anything now. We're in the second act now. This is a completely <laughs> different movie. Yep. <laughs> yep. But, um, um. but but kidding all aside, though, like I think the uh, baby blue and Chris Pratt stuff actually works. Like I, again, like in the sense of this oh. trying to be a real movie, I think they do convey that Chris Pratt does have some sort of emotional attachment to this like little CGI creature. Like I think that's one element of this movie. Like it doesn't it doesn't fit at all, but. Like in a different movie, like if this was like Sam Neill, like in Jurassic Park three or something, like and you mm-hmm. had like a moment like this, where there's a little bit more of like sincerity and a whole lot less cynicism, this yeah. would work like exponentially more because like you like you feel it's like oh he obviously has a relationship with this little creature compared to like wasn't it the other one like biting him or like trying to like maul him at one point and the other baby's like trying to like 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 dig his eyeballs out of the skull yeah this has- one this one's not obedient. <laughs> This one wanted to eat me. It's a dinosaur. What did I expect? But yeah, there's a scene in where they like shows his research. I don't remember if it's when he's looking at it or when Maisie's looking at it later on. But it's something where it's like um, when he's training the Velociraptors when they're young. He yeah. he'll show a sign of weakness, and all of the baby Velociraptors attack him when he shows weakness, except for Blue. Like Blue basically turns into a service animal for Chris Pratt. <laughs> It's that it's the it's that fucking uh oh jeez I should have I didn't think of this till just now it's that damn unsolved mysteries segment where a woman has a seizure oh, and a yeah. and a and a dog like fucking flies in out of nowhere and like a ghost dog or some shit and it's your service animal for life and it can predict her seizures that's what blue is for Chris Pratt yeah yep service service velociraptor do you think oh, Delta God. would let me fly with that. <laughs> that would be a fantastic uh, product tie-in, though, or movie tie-on. Or so we can only hope. Um, that should have been the post-credit scene. Uh, did you know there was Pratt a post-credit tried... scene for this? Yeah, I watched it. Sat I did. The, the fucking credits were like eighty minutes long. <laughs> I, I, I found out on Wikipedia. I'm like, thank God, that's definitely not worth it. Oh, it was so stupid. It was so stupid. <laughs> so next thing is, um, he watches the baby video. And, like, they all go on this plane. And, like, the first thing I'm like, why are they taking, like, a charter plane to, like, do they take it to the island? Or it took, I think it so. took 
Because they take a boat. Because like they meet um, um, Buffalo Bill. And oh, you t- talk about uh, Captain Leland Stottlemyer. See, we all have our names for Ted Levine. I don't think anybody knows who Ted Levine is. Everybody has their own, their own version of him. I legitimately had to look up his real name because I only know him as Captain Leland Stottlemyre from Monk. He's, he, I, he's another he's another character actor. He's a he's he's not a guy McFace. He's just whatever movie anybody knows him from. Yep. Oh yeah, he's great in Monk. I'm sure he's great in whatever else he's in. Uh, he's, he was like he's cartoony a good char- in this. Well, he's a good character actor, but he really uh. He leans into the cartooniness. Like he was in like Evolution. I know one of Rob's. Oh, that's right. He was a general in that. Yeah, and it's the same character. Like, he plays the same character a lot. Where he's just like a cartoony buffoon, like villain. Yep. He's very uh, villain of the week, and so I, I forget how they get to the island. Uh, I know they meet up with uh, Buffalo Bill, Ted Levine, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, like okay, we have to." Like, they, they arrive. Like, they take like a truck. I don't know what happens. They get on a plane. Next thing you know, they're on a truck in the middle of Jurassic World. And they get in a truck. The movie does everything just to give the illusion of the story progressing in our characters. Things just happen. But we don't see anything actually occur, you know? It's like... It's like every TV show where it's just like people are talking and they're walking and it's like, look, doesn't doesn't it make you think like something's happening? But we're just saying the plot again because you're fucking stupid and you can't remember it. I'm thinking a house in particular because they're always walking in that show. I thought of that. It was just movement. You know, it's just like, OK, yeah, it's a great, you know, after this is the fifth dinosaur movie. We got more big wide shots of islands. Cool. Let's let's just keep going. Come on. Well, well it's interesting you mention it because like as they're driving their trucks through Jurassic World, like the park is like in a hundred and like twelve percent state of disrepair. And oh, yeah. I'm like, okay. I get that. Like if you have dinosaurs running around, which is very much established, the dinosaurs are just like roaming all over the place. But like, there's certain elements of the park. Like I am someone who loves like abandoned theme parks and like it knows how like like a state of disrepair works like how like what was how long it would take like what was the tv show called like life after people like how oh, yeah. long like how long it would take for certain like structures to crumble like mm-hmm. yeah within like three years like all like most of the windows are gonna be blown out like that's not surprising though but like every shot we get of, like the monorail like the concrete pillars have collapsed like there's no way a concrete pillar will collapse in three years like you know how much effort that would take? Like, you could do concrete lasts forever if it, if it was uh, poured correctly. And so, like, you see, th- another thing that really bugged me this is like, a really weird, like, nitpick. <laughs> As a scene where, like, they're driving, and you can see the monorail, like, up on the mountainside, mm-hmm. and the monorail is literally parked in the middle, on the, like, the middle of the tracks on the mountainside. And that doesn't make any sense. And I know this is weird, but I had to bring it up. Like, if somebody's driving a monorail, they have to bring it to a station to get off. Nobody just stops a monorail and gets off in the middle of nowhere and like shimmies down like the pylons. Yeah, and I, I, that's walking. what I was about to say. They, it's in a. I, I don't. I'm not remembering the exact shot that you're thinking of, but I'm guessing we, if it's in the middle of the tracks, you know, it's not near the ground. It's suspended, you know, in the air. Like you said, they have to climb down to get to safety. Still, right? I guess, but even like I would imagine too. It's like when this park and everything kind of like hit the fan. It was not, again, this is a multi-billion dollar corporation. They are not just going to simply walk away from a multi-billion dollar park. Yeah, It's yeah. not like they, like they got everybody off the island. That's kind of, imagine, like, again, once again, we're going to bring up 9-11. But, like, imagine if 9-11 happened, and, like, after three years of it being there, we just left the rubble where it was. <laughs> it's like nothing happened. We just literally walked away from it for three years. Oh, like, geez. that just doesn't 
happen. Like, unless it's, like, radioactive, which I'm pretty sure it's not, you just don't walk away from something like that. Because, like, the moment you walk away, people would be in there trying to salvage every single oh, part yeah. of it. Trying oh, to make money yeah. off of it. There'd be pirates going to that island, trying to fight dinosaurs, trying to st- capture dinosaurs. Shh. Definitely. We don't let Madman hear you. He might make another movie. He might get Jurassic World 1.5. I... I think you think that would explain the whole uh, Lockwood clone thing more. It, it certainly wouldn't hurt because technically the, the Maisie clone was cloned before. It's worth noting that, like in the events, like I don't know, like they haven't given a date when John Hammond has died, mm-hmm. but I would imagine like Maisie's eight years old. Like the original Jurassic Park is like what twenty five years old. So like yeah. they got into an argument about something that wouldn't happen for another fifteen years. <laughs> oh my god you're right yeah well yeah because if if they were torn apart by this it would have had to have been before the first movie is that what you're saying because we don't hear anything about lockwood you think hammond would you think lockwood would be at this you know the the whole point of the first movie is that he hires sam neil or Dern, Joseph jeff goldblum to like be consultants and give a report on the jurassic park before it opens wouldn't Lockwood want to be there for that if he was still involved? Well, like, even if they didn't do, like, Lockwood, like, in specifically, like, as a character, but, like, even, like, they, they do in, like, in the Alien films, it's, like, Wayland yutani Like, if you watch the original mm-hmm. Alien, Alien movies, like, Wayland, I know it's, like, in the later films, it's, like, really a heavy plot point, but, like, in Alien and Aliens, Wayland yutani is a thing, though, but it's just the name of a company. It's, like, yeah. it's, like, oh, Wayland yutani But, like, in this, like, it, it'd be different. Like, you know what they should have done? Uh, James Cromwell's character, instead of being Lockwood, he should have been InGen. Like, like, oh, it's Mr. InGen. And it's like, oh, like he, like, in, in Bryce Howard, like, oh, he's a person, not just a, not just a name. They're like, oh, we get that a lot. You can literally retcon him into the whole series yep. by, like, three lines of dialogue without creating a brand new character that's, like, oh, God, shoved into the previous films. And, like, and again, I am a schmuck Sitting on the computer on a Friday night, and I can think outthink this movie. I that, that's that's a great idea because it would also make so much sense that, like the guy, the InGen guy, who would be more of like the, the corporate person, like the the CEO type, that he would be the one who'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna clone somebody." Like I want a I want a daughter or a granddaughter, or whatever. Like yeah, you're right. It would have been perfect. That would have made and you so can, much and you sense. Could, and you could even play into it, like where Bryce Howard's like, "Oh, I've never heard of him before." And it's like, yeah, after their split, Hammond kind of called, buried his name. And so it's like, you could, again, you could literally, like, as uh, her and Guy McFace are, like, walking from, like, the entrance to Cromwell's, like, bedroom, you could literally put that in there. Instead of having, like, oh, this is a beautiful dinosaur museum you have here in your home. Like, instead <laughs> of, like, this fluff dialogue, it's, like, something that advances the plot forward. Or exactly. at least fills in holes that don't exactly make sense what you're doing right now, but at least make it connect. It's like, again, I don't, again, I think the madman is another example of he's crapping in the food and wants to see how far he can get away with it. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you're not getting it past us, madman. No, no madman. <laughs> we are better film. At the very end, we might not, we might not be better filmmakers than him, but we are a hundred percent better screenwriters than him. I feel firmly that if someone gave me a screenwriting test, if there are, if there is such a thing, I would be able to outperform Colin Madman tomorrow. I am I'm putting it on the record. I am a better screenwriter than he is. Let's let's start that podcast. Let's call it the screenwriting test. And we just, I, I like that. We just like kidnap that. kidnap famous people and make them <laughs> do 
do screenwriting things against us. <laughs> oh my god! So where were we? Okay, so they go to the island. Um, uh, Pansy Man and uh, female dinosaur nurse. They're all like driving with with Ted Levine, and they see like a. Okay, I, I have a I have a booklet. I got it from the movie theater. Regal has a thing called a movie bill, and they have a list of all the dino- some of the dinosaurs in the film. Oh, oh, wow. I, the I, didn't get, names. I didn't get fucking anything like that, Zach. Well, that's because that's you didn't go to a Regal. How much? I, um, you think, I don't even think the people who paid fucking $19 million a ticket got that. Well, I, that would explain a lot. <laughs> um, and so, like, they're driving they're driving through, like, the, the park, like, the main, like, uh, stretch from the first Jurassic World where, like, the whole, like, climactic battle happened. Mm-hmm. And, like, they go outside, like, the, I guess it was, like, the visitor center, and they see a, a Patosaurus... The one with the large, like the huge neck. Okay. And like uh, dinosaur nurse is like, wow, I have to see it in person. And we're like, okay, fine. Like again, it's another like Rob. Yeah. Said, all these movies have to have the glamour shot, and it's always the same dinosaur type. Like it's always <laughs> the giant dinosaur with the long neck. Like literally every single movie has that. The first one has it. The second one has it. Every single again in the second one, it's Julianne Moore. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea. I haven't seen the third movie in like 15 years, so I can't comment on that. I think but, it's like, uh, William H. Macy and the other lady. <laughs> no, but is it the same dinosaur? It's always the same dinosaur type. Oh, always that oh, same yeah, oh, dinosaur. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's the, the docile herbivore. Yeah, one of those the long types. neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So you have that, and then you're like, oh, we have to go to like the control room. And I figured, oh, like the control room from Jurassic World 1 was like a major setting. Like I would imagine at least a fifth of that movie takes place in that control room. Yeah, there was a lot. Yeah. And it's worth noting that the control room guy from that movie doesn't even make an appearance in this. Like wouldn't it made sense that he was the computer nerd that was working with Bryce? Like wouldn't it make sense to have him come back and be like the guy who understood the computer systems concerning that he was running the park? Yeah, him. Him and uh Lauren Lupkus should have been the should have been in this movie. Well, Lauren Lupkus does nothing in the first. She literally just leaves. Like she just walks away. He tries to kiss her, and she, and she <laughs> just walks away. That's what I think she should have been. She should have been in this movie for more uh, awkward sexual tension. And they got to do the whole uh, dinosaur sex thing with Bryce Howard and Chris Pratt. They should double down on the awkward sexual tension for the sequel. That's what I'm saying. But that should have been like uh, the computer. Uh, what's his name from the first one? What's the guy's name? He's somebody. I know I've seen him in other. Films. Yeah, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Isn't he in like some sitcom or something or some show? TV he, show? I, I know he was in The Mummy with um, Tom Cruise. I didn't see that. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. Okay. Yeah, like, it would have been really great that, like, uh, Jake Johnson goes up to, uh, what was her name? Lauren Lupkus. Lauren Lupkus. Is, and, like, it's like, hey, how you doing? She's like, I'm pretty sure our lawyer said you couldn't talk after the sexual harassment <laughs> case was up. Like, that's what they should have done. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like, that, it's like, that's what they should have done. And it's like, oh, like, like you bring those, like, again, I don't know, I guess, I guess they're too big of actors now. I guess they're not cheap. Again, I guess they want to keep the budget down. They probably want too much money. Um, but still, like, okay. okay, so they go, to, they go to the computer, like, uh, uh, control room, like, oh, it's giving me the control room from Jurassic World. Nope. It's literally like a concrete broom closet yeah. with like, like, like a modem control panel behind like an electrical, uh, uh, breaker board. 
and he's just like plugging like Ethernet cables into his computer, and it's like, okay, Bryce Howard, scan your hand, okay, and like it like wakes up the entire like, like the computers. Then it's like, oh, now I need you to lo- like, okay, locate all the dinosaurs, and like seventy lights light up on the uh, on the display. And it's like, okay, narrow it. And then they're like, they ask Chris Pratt, what was Blue's code name? He's like D nine, and I really had to stop myself from yelling. You sunk my dinosaur! <laughs> I really had to stop from saying that because I wanted to. And he he types in D nine, and like it, it like pinpoints blue. Oh my god, that is that is too funny. I'm tempted to go if I can get another coupon. I'll go see this movie again and scream that in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> scream that in the theater. I really wanted. I that is. Fucking funny, Zach. <laughs> we'll have to get back to a uh, theater going experience because there's uh, something I want to say about that, but we'll save that for the end. Okay, okay. Um, and so that <laughs> happens. <laughs> and he sunk my Scrabble ship from Simpsons. Sunk my Scrabble ship. Can you isolate that raptor? I need a species code. D9. You sunk my Scrabble ship! This game makes no sense. Tell that to the good men who just lost their lives. And so he goes, he turns around to Ted Levine. He's like, I have to go alone. You can smell like my scent from like a mile away. Mm-hmm. And so like the next scene, it's like Chris Pratt, like walking through the jungle and he sees like an ups. It's worth noting. He sees an upside down Jurassic Park car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like, what? Because like, if so- you remember from the first, from the first Jurassic world, the two kids escaping that into the park. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I uh, can only imagine it, it was or supposed to be a reference to. So the other, the only other car we see in that film is the one that uh, Chris Pratt couldn't fix. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Indominus Rex steps on it. So like, I guess there was more. Like again, I guess between the events of Jurassic Park one and this, nobody has gone in and tried salvaging any of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's worth noting that even in the first Jurassic World, Jake Johnson's character is like, I bought this shirt off eBay for $150, which unless <laughs> Hammond had shirts made that weren't shipped to the park yet, somebody obviously had to get to the park and salvage it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, honestly, you're you're so right. What the fuck are we supposed to believe? That, like, just everybody is so afraid of dinosaurs, no one wanted to touch this island? Like, clearly that's not the case, because these movies are still happening. Like, if, like, if these people aren't afraid of the dinosaurs, the, the pirates, the looters, the scientists, XYZ, whatever. The government not... of the world. Exactly. That Yeah, like, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. So, you have that and he goes, I have to go alone. He sees Blue. Um, Chris Pratt's uh, erection leads him to Blue. And <laughs> Blue, sh- Blue just shows up. And he's, like, making the weird clicking soy- like noises with his hand. And he, like, tries to feed Blue like a mouse. And, like, the mouse just falls out, like, like just bounces off Blue's face. And he's like, well, I guess things have changed. And then out of nowhere, Ted Levine's, like... 40-man crew shows up. Oh, yeah. And, like, they already established that you cannot get the jump on a raptor. Yes. Like, like if Blue saw 40 people, Blue would just, like, start attacking them one by one. And probably would have spared Chris Pratt. And it's like, what? It's like, and, like, obviously they corner Blue. Chris Pratt tells them, like, stay back. Uh, They tranquilize her a couple times. Like, it takes a couple seconds to wear on. Mm -hmm. Uh, She attacks one of the uh, guards. He shoots her. And then uh, Ted Levine shoots Chris Pratt, like, in the chest with a tranquilizer dart. Um, Nurse, nurse doctor, or nurse, dinosaur nurse. Is like takes like Chris Pratt's guns, like I'm gonna shoot you, Teddy Levine, 
if you don't like not kill Chris Pratt, but like if he wanted to kill Chris Pratt, he could have very easily shot him instead of tranquilizing him. Yeah. So clearly he doesn't want to kill Chris Pratt, but sure. Make this pointless scene go on longer than it has to. <laughs> and like Ted Levine's like, I could shoot you or else you, or you better save the dinosaur or I'll shoot you. And it's like, fine. It's like, whatever. Glad, um, yeah, glad that's it, our motivation. Well, yeah, it's, it's like that great scene from like Inglorious Bastards where it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I forget who, who it is. It's like one of the characters says like to Brad Pitt, it's like, this is a Mexican standoff we have here. In, in, in uh, whatever it was, Brad Pitt's like, no, my guys can shoot you and we'll be done. <laughs> yeah. Like, Mexican standoff means you got guns on us. And it's like, well, I have guns on the girl. And he's like, yeah, we don't really care about her, though. Hey, Willie, what's with the machine gun? I thought we had us a deal. We do have a deal. Now get the go and go. Not so fast. We only got a deal. We trust each other. And a Mexican standoff ain't trust. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You need guns on me for it to be a Mexican standoff. You got guns on us. You decide to shoot, we're dead. Up top, they got grenades. They drop them down here, you're dead. That's a Mexican standoff, and that was not the deal. No trust, no deal. And that's what it is, though. It's, like, it's not a standoff of, like, one party yeah. is completely unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, so before we go on, I do actually want to say the, the one scene that I, I actually really liked, we just kind of got through. It is uh, a very quick, maybe not a scene, but a sequence the quick sequence of when Blue attacks um, Captain Leland Stottlemyre's dude, and he's like, don't shoot it! And then the guy shoots it. <laughs> I, I, I really liked, like, the... Because it was, like, quick camera pacing, like, switching between them, and I thought it was done really well. Like, I thought that was actually, like, an... Because I knew he was going to shoot him. Yeah. Like, it was... Because Chris Pratt's like, don't shoot my lover! And I'm like, okay, it's clearly getting shot. Like, they want the raptor. This is going to be a problem for them because they're going to injure it. But the way they did it, like the cinematography and the pacing, I actually thought was, was interesting. And that stood out to me. I think it's amazing. Like I said, you actually know, I know what you mean. I, now that I remember back to it, it's, it's a lot of quick cutting. Yeah, it's, I, I it's, really like that. It's efficient storytelling, which is very rare in this film. Yes. And, <laughs> and it's... um. Yeah, okay. Like I said, if it's like, why, if you're going, like, why would you let anybody really live ammunition? Like, if you're going hunting for one dinosaur, why would you allow anybody live? Exactly, ammunition? exactly. They should have given everybody the, just the tranquilizer guns or stun guns, right? Or whatever it, the fuck else you need against a dinosaur that won't kill it. And also, sort of thing that considering that like uh, Lockwood has like all these like resources to like again, considering that BD Wong is still involved with all this, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like you'd think they would have high like like why do they need. Bryce Howard's like doctor or dinosaur nurse. You're telling me they don't have their own dinosaur ho- nurses? Yeah, yeah, they all got eaten. They all got I shot. Guess. They all, who knows? <laughs> like you think, like on that boat, like after they escaped the island, you'd be like, oh, we have like a couple of them here. Like you'd think you'd have scientists. Like if they're gonna clone these things and you need them for, like you need them so badly. And plus, why do you even need them? BD Wong has all the original samples. Just yeah. redo. Like just make them over again. And like they keep talking, like again, we're gonna we're get to that later on though. But like, why do you even need to say that? Like, outside of the fact the script wants us to go back to the island, why do you need to save any of these dinosaurs? Like, if they if they said we need to get blue because blue is special, that's fine. But why do they need dinosaurs other than blue? Just create new ones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think Once I think again, you said it best. The, the script makes this movie. us. We, yeah, exactly. Uh, the one thing, it's just, I will say, to, to not to completely be on the side of this movie, um, 
I'm happy that we got some extraction Jackson going on. They had to do some the extraction Jackson of the dinosaurs, so they carried out extraction Jackson. At the same time, all the dinosaurs were also extraction Jackson. You know what I'm talking about. Our audience there, knows. I think I think they many, understand. There are many Jacksons that were extracted. <laughs> extracted day of the Jackson. But yeah, that's gonna be that, the seventh film. That's. <laughs> Okay. So, so you so, have so that. Yeah, we have Chris uh, Crash tranquilized. They take blue. Blue's bleeding out. And then it's then it's uh, they all try and leave the island, right? That's, no, this is no. We go back to Bryce Howard and uh, Sissy Man, and they're still in the control room. Oh, that's and they, they get locked get in the gyrosphere. The, yeah. They, no, before that, they get locked in the control room. Okay. Remember that they get locked in the control room, and they die in like. Uh, she keeps yelling at sissy computer man, like unlock the door. She's like, I can't, I can't, I'm trying, which is, it's funny for being a computer whiz. He has a hard time doing all of what he has to do. <laughs> yeah. He struggles at everything he does. And he's like, Oh, Oh, at the end of the, the spillway or down like the tunnel or the drain, apparently in the control room, there's a drainage tunnel. And it's like, I unlock the door at the end. Then like a giant red blip happens. And he's like, is it the T-Rex? And she's like, it's not that. Oh, oh, that's what they were doing. Yeah, like, okay. At least if it's said once, it's said a hundred times by this character, the computer sissy. Is it the T Rex? Is oh it the T Rex? Is it the T Rex? It's the T Rex. It's the T Rex. It's the T Rex. Claire, it's the T Rex. 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 It's not the T Rex. It's 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 the and so, like, they, they look, and it's a dinosaur. Apparently, there's, like, they, uh, apparently a dinosaur had been waiting outside this door for, like, three years just <laughs> for someone to unwittingly unlock it so it could come in. So it comes running in, and as the, do- the dinosaur comes running in, a, the, the volcano starts to explode. Yeah, oh, erupt. okay. Yep. And so it starts to erupt, and it creates, like, a barrier between them and the dinosaur, and, like, they're, they're trapped. And I'm like, oh, and, like, as I'm watching this scene unfold i'm like oh like they're gonna escape because like a piece of lava is gonna like hit the wall or something's gonna happen or it's gonna knock the dinosaur out and they're gonna like run through a hole that the lava created sure and i'm like that's clever no um despite the fact they've been locked in this room for like a half an hour bryce howard knows is a stairway to like an emergency hatch and just climbs up it yeah it was there the entire time the lava or the dinosaur had nothing to do with it it was just there the entire time. She just, despite the fact of being locked in this room, nobody knows the emergency hatch. It was suspenseful moment C. <laughs> but it's not suspenseful when it was there the entire time. Oh, absolutely. So it's not suspenseful, but that's what the script thinks. It's just like, oh, we need a dinosaur to attack somebody. So, yeah, let's just, you know, they got suspenseful moment A, but why suspenseful you moment the B. emergency hatch there? I don't have know. a piece of lava. <laughs> like the dinosaur is about to eat them. Uh, they hear like an explosion. The dinosaur looks up. Next thing we know, a piece of lava like hits it in the head, knocks it out, and they go, "That was lucky." And they run out the little like like tunnel that the dinosaur came in. Like, wouldn't that make more sense instead oh, of them coming up a a hatch, or even have it like knock the dinosaur out temporarily and it tries chasing them down the, the tunnel? Like, why just like again? It's like like having like imagine the movie backdraft with fires and every scene where people are trapped. It's like oh wait, there was an emergency door this entire time outside. <laughs> Isn't that lucky? <laughs> again, yeah. I, it's like I, the, the madman and his writing partner Derek Connolly like like would like paint themselves into a corner and be like, quick, 
we have to paint ourselves a door out of here. And that's what it would be. It's like everything is like, it's not deus ex machina, but like everything's just created to get them out, get them out of a, a corner they've backed themselves into. Yes, that's a, that's a really good point. That I completely agree with. You know, just like I said in our Claws episode, they were just like, oh man, we have all these great ideas of shit that could go wrong. Let's jam as many as we in as we can, as close together as popular as possible. When we have to get out of those situations, what do we do? Oh well, uh, quick, quick writing, quick, poor, sloppy writing, and that's that's a lot of what we described in this movie so far. Yep, I agree. All right. So the next scene is um, Chris Pratt starts to wake up and sees uh, that the lava is coming toward him. We see it melt the Jurassic Park car that we already mm-hmm. mentioned. And because he's paralyzed, his muscles are st- – I guess he still doesn't have a feeling in his muscles. In some of the most uh, cringeworthy uh, body comedy I've ever seen, we see him like weirdly contort his body like over logs. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And it's just so, I, I remember like I, I, Rob still hasn't seen the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I, I have actually, oh. I was, was going to bring this up. It reminded me of the Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. And Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio is trying to get when he's high on Quaaludes. And he's I was trying tempted to, get into to his scream, scream that in my theater, like in that scene, I was tempted to be like, Chris Pratt's on some ludes. <laughs> I wanted to yell, put down the phone. <laughs> Oh yeah, very I think uh, Chris Pratt took a lot of inspiration from Leo for, for this part of the movie. But, like this is one of those things that people have to give like Leonardo DiCaprio credit for. It's like he does that in that movie, and he sells it like a hundred and one percent, and like he makes it's, it look yeah. so effortless. Like you would like, imagine if somebody told you, like, like directed you, like imagine you're high on quaaludes and you have to like maneuver your body downstairs and into a car, and it's like <laughs> it's like you think about that. He does it so effortless, eh, effortless, eh, effortlessly in that movie, and in this, it's just so awkward oh, like yeah. watching oh. chris, like chris pratt like contort his body and it's like and he's like moving in a way like where like if your muscles just gave out you wouldn't have feeling in those muscles mm-hmm. like I, I, this is how he's moving like one of the first things he does is like he like rolls over like on his back but he like he smushes his face into the ground so he can like <laughs> do and like that's if you lost control of your by the time you started regaining like motor abilities that would not be how it would work like it, it whatever <laughs> that's just like again it's weird because that's just not how the body works but anyway though and so like whatever he gets over the lock he somehow escapes the lava like rob said uh, bryce howard and uh, sissy computer man are like running down the hill like during the dinosaur stampede they are running uh, rob stop me if there's something you want to talk during this part uh stuff happens like like uh, a dinosaur starts chasing them the t-rex shows up out of nowhere saves them winks at Krat- chris pratt and then runs away the dinosaur <laughs> actually runs toward the-, the t-rex runs toward the lava after that scene it's worth noting it doesn't run away it literally <laughs> runs toward the lava um, it's, it's gonna go save other people it's, it's gonna like, save it's other the superhero people. t-rex <laughs> oh my god um He's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm guess, off to, I, I I'm guess off to stop another crime. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to be the same dinosaur from Jurassic World and the first film, right? Oh fuck, that's right. I forgot it. I I, I totally got that it was supposed to be the same dinosaur from Jurassic World, the same T Rex. I, I totally forgot, but we did talk about that. That it's supposed to be the same dinosaur from 25 fucking years I ago. I guess. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm guessing. 
<laughs> so, like, so there should be fucking two dinosaurs on this island after three years. There should be the T-Rex, because it ate a lot of the dinosaurs and kept alive. And then it should be the fucking Shamu dinosaur, because it ate the other dinosaurs, right? I, I guess. Like, like I, every other dinosaur except maybe some pterodactyls should be alive. Or should be dead. Really, like the, I, I, it, yeah. So, like, okay, the, the, the T-Rex runs into the... Into, it goes back to the flaming building. And <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt puts him in... Puts his his, uh, his uh, silver medal of love interest in the gyrosphere, along with the sissy computer man. They go run over the cliff. Like it's, I think it's in all the marketing. They're, like, running over the cliff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, gyro, uh, they're still in the gyrosphere. Chris Pratt has to save them. Uh, this is once again understanding how theme parks work. There is no amusement like a park vehicle that does not have like an emergency like release switch. The point where Chris Pratt yep. has to say them by like he tried. Oh, oh, this is a scene where I genuinely laughed. I want to know if Rob thought this one. Um, when he's Chris shooting Pratt, at it. No, yes, but right before <laughs> he he pulls his gun. Okay, this is a great. This is a like this is like Sam Raimi level of camp. Like this is something you expect from like Evil Dead. Um, he's trying to like like break into it. He can't. Um, he finds like a gun. I don't know where he finds the gun, and because if it's worth knowing that Teddy Levine takes the gun away from him, or like takes it away from a dinosaur nurse, so Chris Pratt loses his gun. And somehow he found he found he found a gun in the water. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. And so he takes the gun out, waves it at Bryce Howard and the computer guy, and then makes a small motion with his hands for them to scoot back. Yes. Yeah. And he proceeds to shoot the gyrosphere until after he only gets two shots and the gun falls out of his hands. <laughs> At the point in the movie where he does a little wave for them to scoot back out of the line of fire, I lost it. I started just laughing. That because was, that was about, so this, weird. It's such a it's such a silly moment. Like oh, that, yeah. that clearly that's not a Colin Madman Trevaro scene because it's something that he would not put in the script. So that's something that was that was devised on set, or at the very least, that was done during like the uh, pre-production process by the director. Hmm. And then, like, I, I thought that was hilarious. Like, I lost it. Like, there's a couple of scenes in this movie that are just so hilarious. Like, <laughs> it, like they're in like, they're intentionally hilarious because like, clearly it was it was thought of. Like, like we're going to do this on purpose. It's not like the inadvertent things. Like, insert Colin Trevorrow madness here. And so, like, okay, so Chris Pratt has, like, he eventually, he shoots, like, lava hits the thing, it doesn't break, he shoots it, it doesn't break, he takes his knife out and starts, like, prying, like, the door off, and that's what causes it eventually to open up. <laughs> yeah. um, at this point, they've been underwater for, like, six minutes, and it's been sinking this entire time, <laughs> and oh, yeah. so, so they oh, all yeah. swim oh, to the top. And it's like a James noted. Bond movie. I always hate that some of the old James Bond movies, he holds his breath for, like, half an hour. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like this. They had their breath for held for so fucking long. Oh god! So you have that, and then like, like they swim toward the surface, and next thing you know, like they've all washed up on a beach. None of the dinosaurs have washed up on the beach, but the people have. And like they're <laughs> like they're sitting there, and like uh, Bryce Howard and Chris Pratt are like, "God damn them! Like we they they betrayed us." I'm like, oh man, Chris Pratt. You only you watch the trailers. You would have seen this coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if you just like had had a, a normal thought, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like multi-billion-dollar corporation wants to save the animals. Nothing so could go wrong. Wait, why would they wait three years to save the animals? Exactly. So yeah, that should have been that, Chris Pratt's first fucking question. That should have been I, I, again. Like, you know, be a great Jurassic World sequel 
it's like the movie picks up exactly where the first one leaves off. Like the movie begins, they're all like in that like oh god, uh, what would be like survivors like uh, like aircraft hangar. Yeah, okay. Someone, somebody comes to Chris Pratt and it's like we like this is damage control. It's like people are going to start like pilfering and looting the island. Like we need to get back there as fast as we can and yep. save as many dinosaurs. And like that's what like it, this should have been a movie that should have picked up exactly after the first one, and then like we need to get a handle on this, and you're the only person that's competent enough and honest enough to do this. And it should have been instead of having again the multi-billion-dollar corporations, the bad guy. It should have been people like the government's like the government's gonna be here like within like like six hours, and they're gonna try to take like they're gonna confiscate everything. Yeah, we need we need to like for the protection of like like the creatures for science. We need to get these creatures out of here as fast as we can. Like, oh, uh, there's some island that's owned by like a multi-billionaire that said like, like that's how you introduce a Lockwood. Like, oh, there's an island that like yep. he feels that like Perfect. what like uh, Hammond did was wrong, and it's like like he was Hammond's partner, but Hammond cheated him for like uh, a financial gain, and that's what it should have been. Like, it takes place like minutes. Like Gr- Judy, you see Judy Greer escort two stupid kids out of the par out of the the, the, the survivors tent, and it begins right there. Um, yep. And, and yep. Bryce Dallas, I think about it, Bryce Dallas Howard has no motivation in this movie. It's like save dinosaurs, and her yep. entire like character arc is resolved in the first like what forty minutes. <laughs> Pretty much, her only motivation later on is that you know they're doing they're trying to sell dinosaurs, and that's bad. It really, it's like, oh my god. So okay, so we go back. They're on the beach, and it's worth noting that last time we saw the T Rex, it was running into the house on fire. <laughs> and then the next thing we know, we see a helicopter literally dragging it yeah. at some point. So, like, in between the the island erupting and them being washed on shore, they somehow <laughs> captured the T-Rex, loaded it onto, like, a helicopter, and are bringing it to, like, the loading dock. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's like, what is going on yeah, in yeah. this like, movie? Once again, you know, they're just giving us the illusion that things are occurring. And we don't it's actually just, get to see a damn, damn scene ever really fully carried out. It's just like a series of events, a series of events happening. It's just like mm-hmm. things happening and they're all just strung together by the title of the film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that that is the exactly why I, I have the feeling that I mentioned at the start where I was just trying to figure out what the fuck the plot of this movie was. Because there is I, none. I Exactly. That's, that's what I think I'm realizing, is that because I, I was like, okay, I get it. They got to do Extraction Jackson, so we go back to the island and see more dinosaurs. Okay, fine. And then they leave the island, and I'm like, okay, well, what are they going to do now? And then B.D. Wong shows up, and it's like, oh, okay, well, we just have a different movie now, apparently. And so, yeah, it, it's just, there is no plot. It, like you said, sequence of events, they're strung together, and thankfully it ends at some point. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, this particular film ends, but the franchise will never end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have, okay, so um, Bri- the island is still exploding at this point. And uh, Bryce Howard, Chris Pratt, and Sissy Computer Man are like overlooking a cliff or like a ledge, and they're watching Ted Levine like putting all the uh, dinosaurs onto a cargo transport. Mm-hmm. And he's because he was like when they're in the control room, they're like, "Oh, we captured like two dozen dinosaurs prior to us being here." So if you captured all of them, why are you waiting until like when everything's <laughs> blowing up to load them? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like whatever. So you have that happen. You see like all these trucks and like vehicles loading the dinosaurs onto like the cargo ship, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We have to sneak on board." 
and they see uh they see blue with uh, the dinosaur nurse and they're like okay and so we see teddy levine's like walking around there's like a, a stegosaurus like one of the big like the the long but like squat dinosaurs and he like goes over to it and he's like because somebody's like driving it onto the ship he's like wait hold on a second son he goes over to the dinosaur and he's like, "Oh, you're a, you're a pretty one, aren't you?" He <laughs> opens its mouth with a, takes a pair of pliers out, rips its teeth out, oh, and he's like, "Yeah, and like like," yeah. and it says like a very deliverance esque line, like, "Yeah, that's that's a pretty one right there." <laughs> and like he sticks like his finger in his belly button, starts like rubbing it. It's like disgusting, and he's like. <laughs> It's like, ugh, it's like, this is like, like, like the, the Chris Pratt, like, dinosaur love stuff is, like, off-putting, but this is just, like, like, sick almost. It's like, this guy's, like, getting off to, like, ripping teeth out of a dinosaur's mouth. I'm like, why is this in the movie? Oh, yeah, and, there was some nipple action, too. I think he rubbed his nipples. Yeah, and he started, like, <laughs> and, like, everyone's, like, kind of looking at each other, and they don't do it themselves. I'm pretty sure it was an outtake. It just made it into the film <laughs> by accident. It was, it was, <laughs> Ted Levine didn't know he was being filmed. <laughs> <laughs> and he just had the prop in front of him, and then yeah. they, and they just they just put it in the movie because it happened to work. <laughs> and, and the director's like, like it, it was Colin Trevorrow. I'm pretty sure it's like you have to put this in the film. And the director's like, a madman, like this is weird. This is off putting. Nope, it stays in. That's why it's in the movie now. This might get um, us an R rating. And he's like, no, yeah. we, we can cut it down. We can cut it down. Make it family friendly. <laughs> oh my god! And so like, as this scene happened though. And me being the rational human being that I am, I'm thinking back to what happened earlier when they saw off the Indominus Rex tooth. I'm like, oh, isn't that clever? Like, oh, if the dinosaur dies, they'll have at least the DNA in its tooth. I'm like, that's yeah. – because it shows him, like, after he, like, rubs it on his junk, he, like, puts <laughs> it, like, in a little, like, uh, like, like, a bandana with a bunch of other teeth. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, he's saving it. Like, like, like if this, something goes wrong, this is his failsafe. Like, if the ship sinks – or something happens, like he'll have the DNA. Ah, and but so I'm like, that's another big reveal. That's another big reveal. And why he it, actually wants the dinosaur? Why teeth. he's actually taking the dinosaur teeth is part of a sequence that's just my favorite in the film, and it's probably one of my favorite. At the end of this year, from movies I've seen in theaters, will probably be one of my top three favorite moments of the year. <laughs> it was a, oh, it was a doozy. <laughs> it's it's a great moment in cinematic. It is a it is a uh, get up and clap moment, but uh, it's it's applause worthy. But we'll get to that in due time. Keep in mind, folks, we've been talking for an hour and a half, and we're maybe a third of the way through this movie. Um, so, uh, okay, we got, we got to pick this up a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot that we can just blow through when we get back to the mansion. And the, yeah, and the, the mansion's stupid. stupid. Like, the, movie, yeah. the movie just kind of, like, becomes really dumb during the mansion parts. But anyway, though, and so uh, Chris Pratt and, and Bryce Howard and Sissy Mann steal a truck. They, uh, they drive onto the um, truck. And we see that the island explode, and probably the non-cynical best, uh, like one of the best parts of this film mm-hmm. is as the ship is driving away, we see a. I, I gotta get my little uh, instructional pamphlet out. Oh, um, oh, we, oh we see the same long, like neck dinosaur, the Apatosaurus. We see it in silhouette on the uh, boat dock as the. As the island's exploding, and hear it crying out in misery as it's yes. being consumed by lava.
Yeah. And I, I know Ro- it's worth noting that for some reason, this, this, it's the same dinosaur that we talked about in the first, in our Jurassic World episode where Chris Pratt and Bryce Howard are like soothing it while it dies. Oh, the emotional one. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's that, it's the same type of dinosaur. Oh, and it's, and so they're it's doing the same dinosaur. You think the dinosaur from the first movie came back to life? Well, I can only hope that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think it has the uh, the Rip Van Winkle genes of the Tyrannosaurus Rex of the series. Unfortunately, only one dinosaur on the island got that gene. The uh, live forever, um, the immortality gene. Yeah, but, no, yeah. <laughs> but like, this is one of the few, I think the only scene in the film outside of maybe including the baby blue scenes where like you actually like again. I have more sympathy for the computer-generated effect than I do the human being actors. Oh, yeah. And it's like, because you can feel this thing is suffering. And it's done because you, like, you see it like slightly through the, like, the, the ash clouds. And then everything after that's just it's, it's silhouette as it's being consumed by lava. Mm-hmm. And like, you do feel for this, even though I know Rob's probably a sociopath. And much like Ted Levine was probably rubbing his belly button during this part. <laughs> but, like, for most people, I imagine they felt some sort of, like, empathy and sorrow for this creature dying in this uh, horrific fashion. But I like that. I said that's probably the best scene in the entire film, okay, excluding okay. Uh, cynical laughter. So the boat is going to um, – the boat is going like, – like, it's another very comical scene. Like, we see the – GPS of the boat heading toward the Lockwood estate. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's not established at all. The Lockwood estate is like built on top of like the coast of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah, Literally, yeah. Like, you know, in the establishing shots, it's surrounded by woods. Later in the film, it is like has like a, like a huge what would you call, like a bay? It's, it's, its, own, it's huge, its own port, I think. Pretty much. <laughs> It's its own port because, like, if you have a cargo, like, most people don't. I don't know if most people know this though. Like, if you have like a, a cargo ship, you need like a huge deep bay where a cargo ship can dock. Yeah, uh, you can't just have like. like that's the reason why like there's like uh, shipping like uh, shipping ports. Like, you need that deep basin. You can't just have like a ship plow into like a like a sand barrier. <laughs> and so anyway, though, so like we see a very comical thing of like the, like if the ship's called the Arcadia, and it's like it's like slowly trekking. From like off the coast of Costa Rica to the Lockwood Estate, mm-hmm. and this is another one of the greatest scenes in the film. Not the best is a uh, guy McFace is like in the dinosaur like museum room, mm-hmm. and Toby Jones is there yep. um, playing uh, sleazy villain number twelve. I'm sorry, sleazy corporate villain number twelve. Gotta be more specific. Okay, okay. <laughs> and Guy McFace is like, or I'm sorry, uh, Toby Jones is like. They were supposed to be here yesterday. He's oh, like, they'll yeah. be here in six hours. Because they're cl- they they mention while well, I think Ted Levine or someone while they're on the, on the island mentions that they're a day behind, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, so now Toby Jones is just pissed about this. Pissed off because clearly you can get dinosaurs from any other place on the face of it. Like so, like if you can't get your dinosaurs here, you just get them like at the Walmart. I'm Costco. going to China for my dinosaurs, damn it. Fuck buying American dinosaurs. Exactly. Get your lovely off-brand dinosaur. <laughs> and these ones, well, the thing about this is that these ones come with a little JP logo on the leg. The other ones don't. So uh, he has an upper hand. So Guy McFace is like, yo, Toby Jones, you know what? I can get you like $2 million a species. And I'm like, and Toby Jones is like, I make that by breakfast. And I'm turning around like, $2 million for a dinosaur sounds like, like, like what? Like the price of it? Like this is an extinct creature. Yeah, that, uh, that's. I think that's less than like cranes 
And construction equipment, yeah. (laughs) It's like, so I'm like, what? And like, so Toby Jones is about to walk away, and Guy McFace is like, give me 10 minutes. And like, so him and Toby Jones, like, like go into like this weird, like giant elevator, like giant elevator. It's like, imagine like three garage doors wide. And like, this is like the, like, like, this is a couple, like, we've seen Maisie a couple times at this point, though, but like, Mm -hmm. those scenes are stupid. Um, she's like yelling at her grandfather and like stupid stuff. But it's not Didn't, important. Doesn't she have a British accent or something? Well, of course. Why, why not? She's living in, in, in California her entire life. Why wouldn't she have a, a British <laughs> Lock, accent? Lockwood just cloned that in. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I want a granddaughter. Uh, yeah, British accent. Why not? <laughs> the, the name Maisie was so British, he just rubbed an accent off on her. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> um, so like, they go into like this elevator. Maisie like, sneaks in somehow. No, she, no, she sneaks in later, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's whatever. She, whatever. She's there for all intents and purposes, and he's explaining like like uh, Guy McFace is explaining to Toby Jones like what they're doing. It's like, oh, we're gonna sit there like clone dinosaurs. Like we can sit there and do this. Blah blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this when B.D. Wong first shows up? No, I think I think that's when Maisie sneaks in because I think the oh, reveal of yeah. B.D. Wong is like oh, we don't see who he's who, who he's talking to at first, and then Maisie's like hiding in the. In the corner or something, and then they show. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so uh, you're right. Macy shows up later. So anyway, though, uh, Toby Jones is convinced he'll wait the extra like six hours, and mm-hmm. uh, then then we see Maisie sneak into the facility. She's like looking around, and she sees a uh, very convenient uh, uh, video queued up on somebody's computer of the research of <laughs> yeah. uh, ba- Chris Pratt with Baby Blue. And she watches all this, even though it has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. At this point, like, why would somebody have that queued up? Like, there's like it's funny. This is a laboratory, and there's nobody around. Nobody. Yeah. And it's just, it's just like, I guess they couldn't hire extras. I guess they ran out of money. I also don't think there would be anyone there looking at at those files because isn't the whole point of them getting blue is that they just need its blood for the Indoraptor or some shit like that? Some they or, need, yeah they they need for more like dinosaurs maybe maybe not the Indoraptor but from other dinosaurs that they want to sell or something well that's so who, well, th- it's right. just it's blood like who gives a fuck what it did when it was a baby like just capture it strap it down take its blood you're done like why would anyone even need to watch that research I I, I don't know I don't know why it would be queued up in a laboratory where there's no people it looks like <laughs> nobody's ever been in it once before yeah I'm thinking it's, it's like someone needed to watch it what the movie wants us to think is someone needed to watch it and then just was like. Oh, I, I'm gonna go eat now. Paused it and then completely forgot about it, and it's just been sitting there for like a week or something. It's, it's as if a production playing. assistant set it up for the actress to watch it because <laughs> the, the script said so. It was uh, that time in the script. <laughs> it's that time in the script, and so, like, so she sneaks down there. We see BD Wong, and it's like played like some giant reveal, despite the fact that we know that he's 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 off in the ether. Despite the fact that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio puts him on a helicopter, and it's like. I guess like it's never is Vincent D'Onofrio's character ever even referenced in this nope and I I do I'm glad that's a good point we don't get the BD VD combo we just get BD we get BD with no VD no which in some contexts is a good thing some contexts it's a bad thing and in this context it's a bad thing we got a BD VD combo hold the VD (laughs) and in this movie that's bad yeah, because, like, Vincent D'Onofrio wanted to weaponize these creatures. He's wiped out. And, yeah. like, that was all in-gen. And then, like, we go to Lockwood, they have the exact... Like, I honestly think that somebody forgot to call Lockwood, like, Industries in-gen. Like, it would have been... Again, has a, a different company had the same idea all of a sudden? 
Like, yes, how did exactly. B.D. Wong find out about these people? It's like, I imagine the people who want to weaponize dinosaur, dinosaurs is a rather uh, uh, spread out community. I doubt they have conventions every year, just like waiting, like biding their time. <laughs> and, but yet, B.D. Wong found them somehow, despite the fact of all hell breaking loose. But so there we go. That, that would be that would have been another another plot of this movie. It picks up right after the first one, and everybody with you know Chris Pratt and Bryce Howard are like, we got to fucking save these dinosaurs because people are going to come in and try and weaponize them because some government or something wants to like take raptors and put guns on them, that type of stuff. Exactly. We don't want them on the black market. We don't want the government to have it. We don't want anybody yes. having them. Yes, but um, thank God that wasn't a problem for three years. Like, woo! Yeah, good thing everybody kind of kept their distance and was hands yeah, off. Yeah, it was just a, a respectful three years moments of silence in the black market for dinosaurs. And there's a giant no trespassing center. I was like, oh, damn, man. Yeah. You can't violate that. Someone was like, hey, can, can we can we sell these dinosaurs yet? No, no, too too soon, too soon. <laughs> Never mind, they're still the property of InGen. Like, yeah, yep. I, I, they still own it. It's like, I, I don't even think there's a line of dialogue in this where it's like, even if they said Lockwood Industries bought out InGen, like, yep. that would make sense. Any Anything, just to, so, it would have, it could have been so subtle, so brief, like you just said, just to give us any, any reasonable connection to what the fuck has been going on for three years. It's just, again, it's like, it's like the lost world. It's the same thing. It's like, why does Jeff Goldblum have to go back on the island? Well, because his daughter's there. Well, why is his, like, or not, no, no, his daughter's not there until he, after he gets her. But it's like, why is he there? Oh, his girlfriend's there. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's a contrived reason. And it's yep. like, I, I can't think about it. They had three years to make this movie, or at least like, like a year to write a script, and this is the best they could do. And so, anyway, so you have Maisie. She sees the stuff. Uh, B.D. Wong is telling Guy McFace, like, I need more time. Give me more time. A generic guy, like the scientist, saying, I need more time. And while Maisie's down there hearing this, uh, a dinosaur, like, like, like gets too close to her. She, like, screams and runs away. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Guy McFace locks her in her bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, that happens. That's a thing. Uh, Yeah, but but we have to remember, uh, it's not the next scene, but we do get the reveal that Guy McFace not only locks her in her bedroom, but leaves the key (laughs) in the lock, knowing it's like a fucking, one of those, like, archaic old-time mansion locks, where, where, like, if you can, if the key's still in there, you can get out. Like, like, that was terrible, right? Yeah. Like that it's is fucking terrible. All of all of it's the archaic, yeah. All of the damn technology they have, the million dollar conveyor belt they built for the dinosaur <laughs> cages, and they couldn't update their locks. Like, get the fuck out of here. And it's worth noting that in this building too, that at one point later in the film, they're trying to reboot like all the systems. The lights are connected to the internet. Like all yes! the lights are actually yes! so like they wired the house so the lights are are internet enabled. Yeah, a door has the most yep. old. Oh my, whatever. Yes, and and we haven't mentioned Maisie's main form of uh, transportation is a dumbwaiter. As a dumb, <laughs> I think that's that's the name, right? Dumbwaiter. Yeah, yeah. Like, I forgot this dumbwaiter. This dumbwaiter goes to like the laboratory level, right? <laughs> like that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> of course, cause, oh come on, Rob. Everybody needs a dumbwaiter in the dungeon of their mansion. <laughs> like it doesn't. She get in the dumbwaiter when she is in her grandpa's room, or when she sees that Lockwood is dead. Or doesn't that happen or something? Yeah, we'll get to that and in a moment. And then she runs into the dumbwaiter, and it's just like, thank God, I can transfer my you know 
dinosaur DNA from the basement up to my bedroom. Like, that's what yeah. I want as the CEO of this company. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, imagine like, you're, you're like uh, Lockwood and you're like in your you're in your bed and like you hear like dinosaurs screaming from like the dumbwaiter. It's like, what was that? <laughs> that's just the dinner being cooked. It's not like he, a scream. I think he's, he's usually like, you know, Maisie wasn't the first clone. He had to go through a few <laughs> iterations of clones. So he just would sit in his room and have them send up clones through the dumbwaiter. And he'd see know. if he liked him or not. Like, this is what they be discussing toward the end, though. But, like, think about it. I would imagine, like, even though, like, making dinosaurs weapons of war is, like, probably a very profitable venture. I would imagine cloning a human being with no defects is an exponentially oh, yeah. much more <laughs> worthwhile enterprise than cloning yeah. dinosaurs for military applications. That's a fantastic point, Zach. Uh, the, our audience won't have heard it, but like like I said when we discussed Akira, like why the fuck is it the movie about the machine that can detect the birth of a universe? <laughs> why is it this movie about we have like perfect cloning technique now, apparently, you know? Exactly. Oh my god. So you have that, and while this is all going on, uh, Chris Pratt's trying to uh, save Blue... Because Blue needs a, like uh, needs uh, blood because she's uh, bleeding out from her gunshot wound. Yes. Chris yeah. Pratt and um, Bryce Howard like uh, get a blood donation from the T Rex. It's worth noting that Bryce Howard does ride the T Rex in that scene. She is straddling it, so we'll, she, we'll give the movie we'll give the yep. movie partial credit. The dinosaur is strapped down though, so it, I don't know. It's kind of like I don't know half credit, maybe quarter credit. <laughs> well, at this point, beggars can't be choosers. So I'm going to give I would it to say them. what the what the movie gave to us is the equivalent of like a little kid riding a dinosaur little thing outside of a supermarket, like oh, it's like, one of those. like a horse, not a horse, but a dinosaur. Like they put a quarter in, and it just kind of gyrates for a minute. That's the basically the equivalent of what Bryce Bryce Howard did because the dinosaur was like all fucked up or tranquilized and she like yeah. was straddling it so she basically rode a kids ride essentially and that scene kind of, like, it's a cute scene but it goes nowhere like there's really nothing like egregious in it yeah and yeah. um the dinosaur wakes up they escape they give the they give they give the blood to Blue Blue's fine like and while this is all going on I think isn't this the point where Maisie's um watching the videos of him i think he's so. cutting back to like, like her as a baby and it's trying to imply oh she might die yeah and it's yeah. like oh and then like then like dinosaur nurse is like she's gonna be all right i'm like how do you know that like, <laughs> yeah you've you never how, treated any real dinosaurs before it's fucking like, you, like, today you know, like, and like how'd you even treat like you didn't even, like how'd you even stitch up the dinosaur it's like, like it has a has a, a, like a wound yeah, yeah. Um, but again, never explained, but why not? Um, the blood, we're, we're going to have to talk about, so we have to remember that for later on in a BD scene. Yeah, that, that's great. That, that's, so, that's, a gr- that's actually a great line. That, that is a very campy, great line of dialogue. So we'll Blue, so in this scene that we're on right now, Blue gets T-Rex blood put in him. That's what happens. So we got to remember that for later. Yeah, which, are, which Also, you know, fucking, <laughs> I guess all dinosaurs have the same blood type. Like well, they're of a there, similar species. There is, is a engineer? line of dialogue about that. What? What? Can you remind me? There is remember? a line where, um, like, because a dinosaur nurse says, "I need to give her like uh, she needs blood," and there's some line of dialogue from either Chris Pratt or Bryce Howard, and she's like, "I need like," and like, like, or I think even the computer guys like, "Oh, like, is there a universal blood or blood donor type for dinosaurs?" Oh, she's like, I need a comparable like species type with a very similar diet, 
and like and like they're trying to think what what uh, dinosaurs on this sh- on this boat would have it. And they're like T Rex, and there is, there is a very small line of dialogue. Okay, about but that. the answer isn't good still. No, but yeah. at least at least <laughs> yeah. they try. Okay, it's, okay. It's, it's, we'll it's have to get the clip step in, in the here. right direction. We'll get we'll, we'll get leave the clip. It that. We'll hear the, play the clip. All of the animals should be stated before any kind of tetanurin. Their blood type should be close enough before a carnivore with two or three fingers, no more than three. Did they play it? Okay. All right. Okay. So so yeah, we get some we get some uh, T Rex blood into a raptor, and it it works. Good. No no problems with it at all. <laughs> no. So you have you have that, and I'll try to think. Okay, what happens next? Um, they get they get to the Lockwood estate. They're unloading mm-hmm. all the dinosaurs. Uh, stop me if anything comes to mind. I don't think anything really interesting happens here. They unload all the dinosaurs. They find Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Howard. Computer yeah. guy gets mistaken for like uh, a ship hand. And he disappears for like what thirty minutes. He just disappears. Yeah, and he pops up in like a completely different role or something. Well, he shows up during BD Wong. Yeah, yeah, and BD Wong. But he just yeah. him at that point him. And dinosaur nurse like disappear for like a full half an hour. The movie mm-hmm. literally forgets they're there. Yes. And absolutely. Bryce Howard and Chris Pratt are locked up, and um, stuff happens. Not really important. Uh, Maisie goes to I think this point Maisie goes to uh, Lockwood and it's like I need to talk to you about like what Guy McFace is doing. He's like go to bed. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, she, she goes to bed and like like five minutes like I don't know how many minutes later he uh, Lockwood's confronting Guy McFace. And it's like, I am embarrassed by your actions, mm-hmm. but I will spare you the, the humiliation by you calling the police yourself. Pick up that phone. I want you to call the police. It'll be easier if the story comes from you. Oh, that's And, and that's very funny. comically, there's like a cordless phone laying on a pillow. Like very, like, almost like... <laughs> magnificently <laughs> positioned like like is a phone that's being cushioned by like this beautiful like throw pillow and guy mcface picks up the phone's like wouldn't it be a shame if i smothered you instead of calling the police it's like he picks up the pillow and i'm pretty sure the scene cuts after that yeah yeah we don't, we see, don't see him uh, smother him we don't see yeah, him smother him yeah i'm and just so, i'm just hung up on that I, I totally forgot about that line. The, the the call your call the police yourself and turn yourself in, like just how that conversation would have gone. To be like, yes, can I talk to you? Like you call the cops, you call nine one one, you know, whoever you call, and it's like I want to talk to your dinosaur specialist. I'm selling dinosaurs on the black market, and I'd like to turn myself in. <laughs> like there is no way any police officer would take that seriously, right? Even in the Jurassic Park, like I'm thinking. Well, they they would call like a like a their local precinct or something. Like it would be like, someone walking a beat. They get a de- they get a detective. It really it, that's what it would have to be. And they'd be like, "Sir, don't call this. Don't prank phone call the police. That's that's illegal. You know, <laughs> that's great. That's, I want to say that to more people. You're like, just turn yourself in. Here's here's a phone. Call the police. Turn yourself in. That's just oh, a you're asking to get killed. I think. Be like, you know, so stupid. It's like this person just murdered somebody, and you're like, ah, you should turn yourself in. Well, that's the equivalent of you saying you should murder me too. <laughs> oh my god! And so like stuff happens. Chris Pratt and um, Bryce Howard are locked up. 
Guy McFace goes down there, and she's like, oh, I'm going to tell Lockwood about everything you've done. Yeah. And it's like, have fun telling it to a corpse that I just smothered. <laughs> and he walks away. And then, like, they, like, I don't know, they, they, like, beat him up or something. Like, they, Bryce Howard, like, pulls him to the bars and, like, bangs his head. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm um, like, Maisie goes, like, like, Maisie's still locked in a room. She, like, like Rob said, she knocks the key out of the lock. And it's worth noting that this is why I wish I recorded my audience. Because the people behind me, there was like, a bunch of loudmouth women. They're like, smart kid. And I'm like, she knocked, she has like a coat hanger and she knocked a, a key out of a lock. That's not smart. If she was smart, all she had to do is like basically kind of just bang against the door three times. It would break the, break yep. the, uh, the frame. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so it's yeah, like, she probably okay. has clone powers that she could unleash. I'm surprised that didn't happen in the movie. They probably give her a little, I, I'm well, okay. I'm, I'm making a, a, a prediction right now in Jurassic Park or Jurassic World 3. It's going to come, it's going to be a plot point that Maisie has dinosaur DNA. Oh, oh, yeah. She's part, di- yeah. she's part dinosaur. That, that, for, without a doubt, she's part dinosaur. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and she's going like, to like talk to a raptor or something and save people. It's going to be like terrible. Shilrai blew the velo- velociraptor. Oh! That, okay, okay. We're calling it here. <laughs> that's going to be the, that's the whole plot of the movie. We don't, there's nothing even more. They're like, done. We got it. We could just... Somewhere Colin Trevorrow was listening to this and scribbling, like, furiously. <laughs> this is brilliant! <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, so that happens. Maisie sneaks out. She goes. Um, she like, like does like the thing, like hugging. Like the, she sneaks out the window, hugs the side of the mansion, goes into uh, Lockwood's thing, and she's like, "Grandfather, grandfather," yep. and like clearly he's dead. Like you see him not moving, and you can see the heart rate monitor in the background. Everything oh my god! Is just this flatlining. This fucked me up so much because here's the thing. You immediately, I immediately, like you said, saw the, the, the heart monitor that was flatlined. Everything was flatlined. It even said zero, I think. Everything and, is flat. Not just the heart. Like, literally, everything. Oh, yeah. Is all, like, everything it's monitoring is flat, and the numbers are all zero. Like, this, this, this thing. But you don't hear any noise wait, from it. Yeah, uh, it this, is, this is another great moment. Is that, cause, as Rob said, you can't help but notice. It is clear, like, like on the left side of the frame is her her head. And it's, yes. it's not a close-up, but it's pretty close to that. And on the right, it's literally the heart rate monitor just slightly out of focus. Yes, and, and like, no noise. What? And no noise. And, no noise. and the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, why isn't it making any noise? Like, where's yes. the, the comical <laughs> boop? And this is the best part, because it's worth noting that every scene we see Lockwood in, he has the um, the finger monitor on, which, yep. which reads all your vitals. Mm-hmm. And he still has it on and there's no sound. She goes after saying like grandfather like four times, she goes over and like slightly like jostles him. And then you hear very loudly boop. Yes. yes. I honestly think the sound editor forgot to fix the audio clip. This fucked me up, Zach. <laughs> I was in the theater like, am I having like a stroke? Like, did I not, did I lose my hearing? Because it makes no sense. It's like the machine turns on when she realizes he's dead. This, that's baffling to me. That's absolutely baffling. It really is. That was, that was, a, that was a laugh out loud moment. I was, I was um. blown away by that. It was, that was so blatant. Oh man. Yes. Okay, and then uh, she she's devastated. She goes like into the dumb waiter because, uh, because doesn't Guy McFace walk in? 
Yeah, someone she hears someone coming or something like that. Yeah, it's Guy McFace because she goes in yeah. front of the dumb waiter. Yeah. And like doesn't she starts like lowering it while he's still in the room and he hears oh, it. Yeah, and he looks at it. Yeah, he looks at her like from uh, above. Yeah, and then like and then cuz what happened? Stupid. This is stupid, right? Because well, the fucking the, dumb waiter works by you moving the rope. He could have just grabbed the rope and He's stronger than the Maisie. He's stronger than eight-year-old. He could have pulled well, her back up. Well, he's stronger than an eight-year-old, but not a dinosaur human eight-year-old. That's that's true. They need they need that reveal in the third movie. So yes. so that this scene will make sense because but you think Mills worth, knew that because well, that would only make sense if Mills knew it. Like he wouldn't try to raise her up if if he knew it would unleash her dinosaur powers. I would imagine the plot point of the third one's going to be is that they want the human child, the human dinosaur hybrid, and they're going to come after her. I would imagine that's gonna be the plot of the third one. Okay, okay, I could see that for sure. And so, but anyway, before all this happens, though, like after she finds out Lockwood is dead, and before Guy McFace uh, looks for her in the dumbwaiter, he looks in. He knows that he's that he's dead. Comes mm-hmm. out and goes, uh, whatever the name of the nanny is, nanny, come quick! And yeah, most, yeah. Like, flat delivery possible, and she comes in, oh! and it's like, <laughs> and he's like. Your services will this be... is the stables? <laughs> essentially. Essentially. It's like this is a smothered corpse. <laughs> and and so she, she he's like, Your services won't be needed any longer. And she's like, What about the child? I raised the previous one. And it's like, Your services are extinct. He looks directly into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Richard Rob can't attest to this. And she's oh, like, God. Oh. And it's, it's so bad. The dumb, dumb waiter, yeah. It is um, so fucking bad. <laughs> and, yeah, it really is. And the next thing is, uh, Chris Pratt is in the little the dinosaur jail with the other dinosaurs. Yep. And um, he's like, he hears like a bang, like they're talking. It's like a uh, Bryce Howard, like it's my fault. And he's like, no, it's not. And he like hears a bang noise. He looks over, like like there's like apparently despite the fact that there's dinosaurs there's like holes so you can see into the other cells yeah I, they, like they have make it so air can flow between cells like i, I guess i guess a, i guess the giant doors don't do enough of that so you need like little <laughs> yeah. like I, I could, like a like two by foot hole in the very top of the cells yeah yeah um, and, so <laughs> he looks no and, he, and he sees it's one of the dinosaurs that has like the um, like plates on its head so it can like ram into things yeah is that one in your pamphlet yes it is the uh Stigmalock. Stigmalock? Oh. Okay. There's no there's no Oris at the end of it? Uh no. no. Stigmalock? Stigmalock? Whatever. Okay. If there's any paleontologist listening to this, please comment below. <laughs> um, Rob, go talk to you. Go talk to your friend who's the paleontologist. I'll be, I'll be like, why the fuck doesn't this dinosaur's name end with Oris? Like, come on. <laughs> like, Somebody screwed doing? up. <laughs> Somebody screwed up. And so this dinosaur is like banging like the like the gate mm-hmm. and Chris Pratt, like in a rather comical scene, very Indiana Jones-esque. Yeah. Like constantly keeps whistling for it to break through the wall between the cells. Yep. And he eventually does that enough that it breaks through the wall, and then he does it standing right in front of the, the lock to the or the, the cage door, and the thing breaks through the lock, and fine. So and this, so, so this scene, this is one of the scenes I think why I think uh, this movie handled it differently because in in a lot of the other movies, I would say all the movies, I, I don't really we don't really have instances of where kind of dinosaurs are 
are utilized as animals. I, 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 so in Jurassic World, we have the whole point of, you know, Chris Pratt's trying to train the raptors, and it's like we want to use the raptors for a certain purpose. Sure, I get it. Great. That's That I'm okay with. Even in the other movies, you know, it's just kind of like we're running from the dinosaurs. This is the first time, I think, in any of the Jurassic Park movies where they're like, we're going to use what this animal does to our advantage. Does that make sense? Like, this animal just rams shit, and they're like, we don't need to train it. We don't need to, like, have a, a deep love connection with it. We're just going to use it, you know? And well, I, I think it, that's the first time I've seen this, in, and I really liked that little bit of a change because it's it's somewhat of a little something a little more clever than just yeah, it's, constantly yeah, it's, running. Yeah, it's not it's not uh, using these uh, uh, creatures like like a villain of the week. It's not like we have to yes, escape it before. Yes. It's not like a Scooby Doo villain. Mm-hmm. And no, actually, I think it's very Indiana Jones esque. Like it's it's like it's one of the things that's always been rumored in Hollywood that when they find like when Harrison Ford finally dies. Or crashes his plane one too many times and can't walk away from it. Chris <laughs> Pratt, Chris Pratt's gonna be the replacement for Indiana oh, Jones. No, not and Shia LaBeouf. We can only hope Shia LaBeouf is still. <laughs> Chances are Harrison Ford will outlive Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but I like I think like and that's again it's very Indiana Jones esque. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you have that. Um, and the dinosaur like runs away. Chris Pratt like winks at it. The dinosaur winks back at him and like runs off in the other direction. Yeah, doesn't and it like sneeze, sneeze or something from the dust it, when it breaks through the wall? It like shakes its head, its head and makes like a sneezing might. noise. It might because it's just like fuck. Yeah, okay, we need that, right? We need dinosaur to sneeze. This movie's insane. <laughs> not not horrible. It's not horrible, but um, it's 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 wonky. Um, and so, okay, next scene, uh, this is when we start hitting the, uh, the stride of the greatest moment in this film. Okay. We see a bunch of just like, uh, like, uh, they, I'm pretty sure they have name tags on that say evil person oh, of yeah. people just showing up like in, like in black limousines, black town cars. Yep. And they're all here for like the dinosaur auction. Yeah. They all have very clear, maybe not all, but the main ones, I think the ones that get a little more camera time. They all have very clear, uh, like, ethnicity and nationality stereotypes. Oh, definitely. Like, it's clearly the fucking Russian dude. Like, the first time we see is clearly the Russian dude. Now, modifications are still being made. Twenty millions! (laughs) Like, it's unbelievable how thick his Russian accent is. And then we get, like... The Middle Eastern Shah or whatever, yep. you know, he's got the whole the whole outfit on and stuff. And I'm like, fucking really? Like, you know what that you know what that whole scene reminded me of? What? Besides besides the dinosaur campiness, it reminded me of the scene from remember Taken with Liam Neeson where like all the women are being like paraded out yeah. and have like all the guys. And, like that it kind of, it came across like a very sleazy scene. Like like again. Much like Ted Levine, like rubbing the dinosaur teeth, like all over like his junk. It's like, <laughs> it, like it felt just like that. It's like this is like sleazy almost. Like, like it's not just simply like again, it, you, you shouldn't be watching a dinosaur movie and think sex trafficking movie. Yeah, like, that shouldn't be yes. the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> um, it's just again, it, it's a movie so weird. Like again, this is like again, Jurassic World's like like a dumpster fire of like. Everything that's wrong with Hollywood. This is like a Frankenstein's monster of just everything that like goes into blockbuster filmmaking. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Definitely, <laughs> it's all, it's a hodgepodge. It's all over the place. It's just everything. Me. It's again. It's like, a, like I think I said before. It's like the cheeseburger, uh, like or like the chocolate pretzels dilemma. 
it's just like you put all these things that just like immediately short term complementary complement each other. Yeah. But like as a whole, it's just a mess. Um, yes. Just because yes. you like the individual ingredients doesn't mean they work together. So okay, so we have the uh, dinosaur auction scene, which is maybe the probably going to be the if, if the Razzies had a award uh, <laughs> category yeah. for greatest scene of the year, it's probably this one. Oh my um, god! Toby I... Jones is the auction auction master <laughs> yeah. or the auctioneer, and you have all these like horrible like stereotype villain characters. And like Rob already described, we have a giant conveyor belt that was designed for like. 40-ton dinosaurs. Yeah. It wheels them out into comically large cages, and everybody bids on them. And Toby Jones is the auctioneer. Guy McFace is, like, working the phones. And uh, B.D. Wong's just sitting there, like, smiling and nodding his head. Yeah. So and, th the thing that gets me the most of this scene is Guy McFace on the computer because I, I had the same thought you did. I thought he was on the phones. But we actually do get a scene where there's a bid from someone in the audience on a phone. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So I don't know. I don't think that he would be doing... Maybe he's doing, like, there's other people who are doing it, like, on a webcast. Like, they're watching from somewhere, and he's taking the online bids. But honestly, the way that they play it, the way the movie makes it seem, because what do we see Guy McFace doing? He's literally just standing in front of the computer... And the, com the whole computer screen has just a comically large number amount, the dollar amount of money yeah. that they're making. And it's, like, going up, like, the national debt toll or some <laughs> shit like that. And it's just so... So I'm like, is he just literally sitting there and, and calculating this? It doesn't seem like he's crunching numbers. It seems like he has a program that's actually just adding numbers together, and he's la he's watching it and smiling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, and it, it's terrible. It's so comical. It's so cheesy. It really is. It's so, like, mustache-twirling, though. Yes. yes. And the best part of this, too, is that in the corner, you have a, like, 50-inch flat-screen TV with the current <laughs> bid total. Yep. Despite the fact that Toby Jones is like doing like, never mind, he's a, he's a horrible auctioneer because he's talking, so he's like, do I have 25? <laughs> and it's like, what? I have four million dollars, anyone five? Five million dollars. Five million dollars. Do I hear six? Six million dollars, thank you. Any increase on six? Seven. Seven million dollars. Eight million dollars. Nine million on the phones. Do I hear ten million? Ten million? Ten million. Ten million dollars once, twice. Sold to the gentleman from Indonesia. Congratulations, sir. And like, and it's worth noting too is that like, while the dinosaur is out, one half of the the crowd is completely obstructed by the dinosaur. Yes, like a half of the room he can't even see. Yes. <laughs> So, so weird. Like, whoever designed people, that set is just, just like, <laughs> I want to know who the set designer was for that scene, because they have to be blind, or at the very least, like, oh my God, visually so, impaired. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have that, he's doing bids, and, like, the first dinosaur goes, it's like the, hold on a second, I'm going through the book again. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Don't, first dinosaur, oh, in the movie oh, yeah, too. it is, uh, an Ankylosaurus. See, that one, one has, like, that one has Saurus in the end, that's a real fucking dinosaur. Yes, the Ankylosaurus, and it's like, oh, this one can be used for, like, like, like it's like a living tank. And they're, yeah. like, going through the entire thing, like, the bidding. They're like, he's like, do I have two million? Do I have three million? I think that dinosaur goes for, like, ten million dollars, and I'm like, I don't know about you, but ten million dollars for a living dinosaur? That seems like a steal. 
That, yeah, that seems like a great fucking deal. <laughs> that's, think about it. You, you can't, there's like certain like mansions you can't, again, there's mansions you can't buy for $10 million. Yeah. yeah oh, a yeah. dinosaur, a living dinosaur costs less than a house. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God, man. I mean, that's a just fucking, we could just cash in some Bitcoin, buy a dinosaur, apparently. That's how easy it is. <laughs> I think about that, like. This movie cost $170 million to make. You can buy <laughs> 17 dinosaurs for that. That, <laughs> that, that that's, that's the one, our one-line review for this movie. I'd rather have seven, 17 dinosaurs than this movie. <laughs> it's absurd. It really is. That's great. <laughs> so we go back to Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's uh, um, messing things up. He kind I think at one point, like he's like... It reminded me of that. Okay, for people to visualize, there's a scene from like the first Terminator where like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like in the police station and he's like ripping out just like wires like in like the electrical circuits. He's like ripping things out. And at one point, we cut to Chris Pratt. He has he has not said he has a plan or he knows what he's doing. We see him open up again like a circuit breaker box. He starts like just like ripping wires out, and we cut to the same dinosaur with the hard head and. He like opens a door for it. It goes into like the auction. The auction. Oh, yeah. and the dinosaur just starts like effing things up. Essentially, it just starts like ramming people. It like headbutts people in the dick. It's like <laughs> it's just messing things up. I'm surprised they didn't just do it where the dinosaur puts his head down, runs into the guy's dick, and we get a comical shot of him like holding his groin and going, "Oh!" <laughs> like I'm, I'm surprised, surprised that didn't happen. <laughs> but actually, we over, okay bef- between the uh, between this and the auction scene, we have another part of the auction scene we didn't mention. Okay, the auction's halfway through, mm-hmm. halfway through, and they okay, in uh. in the greatest character in cinematic history is wheeled out. The greatest. <laughs> this is the the the, uh, the indoor indoor raptor. This okay, Rob kind of did it unceremoniously, but. <laughs> They wheel out the dinosaur that we saw attack Maisie earlier behind the gate. They wheel out the greatest character ever, the indoor raptor. What is, is called that because it is indoors. <laughs> that is said in the marketing is called the indoor raptor because it's indoors. I want everybody to know that later in the film when it goes outdoors, it becomes the outdoor raptor. <laughs> But that's a story for another and day. And most of the characters stop what they're doing and start screaming at it to get back indoors. <laughs> and I think it, it does like this. It does like the weird night at the museum thing where it's like if it doesn't get back indoors before the sun comes up, it's going to turn <laughs> to ash or something like that. It, the, the movie takes a, like a, there's five minutes of explaining this mythology. It's just really fucking weird. <laughs> it's it's oh more it's more enjoyable than the Maisie stuff, I would have to say. <laughs> you 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 brought it up literally every single time a character sees this dinosaur they scream at it <laughs> like that's legit like a reoccur like it's not a gag it's just a reoccurring thing that happens like literally every character that looks at it screams at it and then runs away which is probably the worst thing you can like there's not even a scene where chris pratt just says like don't like don't like, i know like in the first movie like don't make like sudden movements don't move yeah. Like, don't mm-hmm. yell. I remember even the scene in the first one where, like, the girl's about to scream and Samuel just covers her mouth. And it's like, yes. like nothing like that. Literally, every single time this, a character sees this, this dinosaur, they scream at it and run away. <laughs> so you have that. And um, at the, going back to the auction scene, though. Are you going to bring feel- up uh, the, the B.D. Wong and the, the prototype yes. stuff? Okay. Yes. And so, like, they wheeled out. 
and Toby Jones is like, I want you all to get a preview of what we have coming. I don't even think at that point, I don't even think Toby Jones was aware this was even existing because all he's not even really, is he told about it earlier in the film? No, no, I don't think so. Cause he's all pissed off about the shipment being late. So like, uh, and you know, I would imagine if he's like, uh, the shipment's late. What the fuck? You know, Guy McFace would have been like, well, we have the big dinosaur that we're going to show off as the prototype or whatever. Like, why wouldn't that have come up then? So, yeah, I think uh, he, Toby Jones had no clue. He has Maybe, no like, clue what he, this thing is. When he started the scene. auction and he got his, you know, what's on the docket for the auction, he was like, oh, oh, we have a prototype as a But how do you be on the dock? Because it's not for sale. Yeah, yeah, but maybe I'm thinking, like, it would have been on something that of, of his, maybe not everybody has, but he has, that would, like, tell him that's what he has to talk about. But, like, but we like, never see yeah. that scene. Like, again, think about it. we. It's never established that to- – because think about it, Toby Jones is just brought in as an auctioneer. Yes. He's not brought in as, like, some sort of, like, uh, oh, my God. Like, what would you say? Like, I don't want to say, like, uh, like, a recruiter for, or like, a – oh, my Lord. Like, uh, like, what would be the term for it? Someone that brought in, like, to – Yeah, like, he's not, he's not, he's not one of the salesmen. He's not one of the, you know, people who's, you know, yeah. trying to – Yeah. You spark that interest, get the recurring customers. Yeah, that should be Guy McFace. That would be what he's doing. Yeah, and so he so they bring out Indoor Raptor, and Toby Jones is explaining it, despite the fact that it's never alluded to that he would be aware of what this thing can do. Yeah, yes. yes. Like, it would make sense if B.D. Wong was brought mm-hmm. out, and B.D. Wong gave this part of the presentation, and people start bidding on it, and he's, like, overwhelmed by it, and Guy McFace kind of just, like, pushes him out of the way and does that. Like, that would make sense. Yeah, but no. Yeah. Um, they, like, they give like a demonstration. They show like, there's like this weird sort of like special machine gun that if you point a red laser at someone and then push a comically large red button <laughs> that makes a sound, despite the fact that the sound's coming from the gun, yes. somehow yep. the creature knows that it has to attack the target, despite the fact the sound's not coming from the target. And while this yep. is going <laughs> on, BD, BD Wong gets upset, goes up to Guy McFace, while Toby Jones... Like it's starting to sell. It's not the fact that it's a prototype. People start bidding on it, and mm-hmm. he he runs up to him, BD Wong, and it's like, "What are you doing? This is a prototype. I need more time." And guy Mike Face is like, "Well, that's why it's a prototype. Prototypes are uh, a sampler for our for our uh, people, for yes. our uh, yeah. consumers." And it's like, oh my god! And so they sell it to like the evil Russian man who came in, who had the name tag that said "Evil Russian Man." Yep. <laughs> for like twenty-five million dollars, and like, and then at that point, when Chris Pratt shows up, lets the headbutting dinosaur goes around. The dinosaur headbutts people in the junk. Um, Do you think the Russian man has a credit in this movie? Do you think he's like a like? There's. Do you think I? Because I, I, I watched the credits, but I didn't watch the credits. Like I didn't absorb them. That he's you not think like, it's, listed as credited as like generic Russian evil man. I, I would want to know because I'm thinking I'm thinking they would just be would be like Nikolai. <laughs> oh, oh. They would just call him a random Russian name. That's I think that's what I would imagine they would do. I would imagine if I had to guess, I would imagine that is um that would have to be the character's name. Okay. <laughs> if I had to guess, I would um I would say that that's definitely the um okay. it would have to be. Yep, yep, all right. Has to okay. be Nikolai or, uh, um, what's another, Dimitri? Dimitri, uh, Alexei. Alex, oh, Ivan. Yeah, oh, definitely that. Ivan. Vladimir. Russian man number 43. Vlad- Vladimir. No, that's a little too spot on. Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, did you catch the uh, very subtle political reference in this? Um, I don't think so. Where okay, was think- it? Did we pass it already, or is it in the... Uh, yeah, there's, uh, during the scene where, uh, Ted Levine is in the, um... 
um, is in the, uh, oh my God, like in the truck with Blue and like the dinosaur <laughs> nurse is taking care of him. Okay. And she says, I, he makes some comment to her and and she's like, bite me. And he turns around and is like, what a, na-. he looks directly into the camera and is like, what a nasty woman. What a nasty woman. And that's clearly a Trump-Hillary thing from like the second debate where like Hillary said something to Trump and Trump's like, and that was like a big thing on Twitter and Facebook where like all these women were like, yeah. hashtag nasty woman. I heard that and I'm like, oh geez, they had to, like I know like maybe like 0.01% of the audience is going to get that. But yeah, I completely, clear. I remember the Trump thing, but I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Like, I, again, like I imagine most people won't get that, but like I heard that and I'm like, that's what, and he looks like almost directly into the camera and it's so explicitly stated. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that was missing was a musical cue where it was like doo 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm looking up the IMDb. Um, the highest ranking uh, thing I can see: the actor's name is Alex Dower, and the name of the ca- at least on IMDb, the name of the character is Russian mob guy. <laughs> oh man, they didn't even want to give him a name. <laughs> they didn't. Even, his name is literally Russian mob guy. Which is not to be outdone by um, the actor Kishore Bat, who's credited as playing evil businessman, <laughs> or oh, or Ross Carter, who's credited as evil businessman. Oh, oh, that that he was my favorite evil businessman, if I do say so. <laughs> he really more, stood out. Actually, he really stood out from the other evil businessmen. <laughs> the, the, the worth noting that if you go through the credits, there's even more and more evil businessmen in the credits. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to we'll talk we'll, yeah we'll get to that in a later show. Oh, we'll go we'll, we'll uh, go the, the evil businessmen series. <laughs> yes, and the Russian mob guy. Yes, nice. I love it. <laughs> okay, so where are we? We're, we're at the part of the plot where all shit has broken loose because. Yes, well, their plan to ruin the auction is to just kill people. Yes, we're gonna let a dinosaur that can um, head people in the uh, in the junk, uh, yeah. let him loose. Yeah. Um, so you have that. All the the gangsters and, and, and evil businessmen run out of the uh, the state, mm-hmm. and uh, Guy McFace is like, I don't know where he goes. He goes somewhere doing something. And next thing we know. The indoor oh, raptors. This, in- this is when Guy McFace starts to go. Uh, this isn't when he gets it, but he starts to run for the Indominus Rex tooth. Right, that becomes his whole thing now. Yeah, but that's like later on because at this point we're kind of going back and forth between uh, Chris Pratt and because um, at this point Chris Pratt's met uh, Maisie with uh, with uh, yes. Bryce Howard, okay, and like okay. they, they treat her almost like an animal. They're like, come here, honey, we have food. Yeah. Like, imagine like Return of the Jedi when Leia wants a wicket to Ewok. To come over to her, it's like, come here, honey, I have food. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, it's kind of <laughs> like that. And like immediately, like she goes, like she's hiding in the dumb waiter, and from when Guy McFace found her, and she mm-hmm. goes and hugs Chris Pratt, and um, that happens. But then we go back to the auction room, which is completely empty except for the indoor raptor, and out of nowhere, literally, we have not seen Ted Levine for like twenty-five minutes. He stumbles into the auction house. Looks at the dinosaur while like rubbing his belly button again, and like, <laughs> what, like very Deliverance esque. What we oh, got yeah. here? And like he sits there, goes over to it, like shoots it like four times with the tranquilizer gun, opens the door to the cage. Again, nothing, nothing's established at this point. You literally yeah, watch yeah. this. The people in the theater with me were literally cursing at the screen. 
and, I'm not making that up. Well, that's and, great. <laughs> and they, he opens the door, goes over to it while still like stroking his belly button and his ding dong. And he goes over, like goes over to its mouth, takes takes his pliers out, and in the greatest scene of all these movies, probably of the year, potentially the decade, <laughs> he takes his pliers around its tooth. The camera then pans from its mouth to a comically comic oh my god a comically like oh my god low angle as he's trying to rip the teeth out the thing smiles while he thinks yep. well it thinks it's passed out I, yeah. I i i know rob and i have been like over like uh what's the word embellished on certain details of this scene like people being like headbutted in the dick and um the, uh, ted levine like rubbing the dinosaur teeth on his penis but like the dinosaur we're not making this up as oh, yeah. he's it's, trying it's, to rip the teeth out, the camera pans away from his teeth as the thing opens. One eye s- grins. It literally <laughs> grins at the audience. <laughs> like, this is not exaggeration. It's this fucking literally terrible. Happens. It is so no, terrible. No, it's I, fabulous. Oh <laughs> this is like, like, Sam Raimi watched this, threw his shoe at the screen, and said, damn it. I wish I'd thought of this. <laughs> That's how campy this is. Like, like on a scale of one to ten, this is a twelve on the campiness scale. And the best part of this scene is that it doesn't just happen once. It cuts once again to him trying to rip the teeth out of its mouth, failing to do so. It cuts again to the Indominus Rex, and it smiles as it opens its one eye. At this point, I stood up and I applauded. I said, "Movie." <laughs> You are ne- like okay. We've never talked about this. I don't think any sort of detail. One of Rob and I's greatest movie-going experiences was the Friday the Thirteenth remake, where the <laughs> douchey guy drops his gun at the oh, end of the yes. movie in the puddle and says the iconic phrase, "Where are you, gun?" Yeah, as his as his hand is in the puddle, frantically feeling around puddle. for, "Where are you, gun?" <laughs> That like that that was like that again. That's how Rob and I's like friendship was solidified. Like when we died laughing at that moment, and that like this was one of those moments. This is a like this is brilliant cinema. Like I would imagine when they were directing this scene, nobody knew the moment they had on their hands. Like yeah. this is the definition of greater than the sum of its parts. Because <laughs> I again this moment like this like as much as like I despise Jurassic World. Jurassic Park has no redeemable elements to it. This movie is equally bad. No, not not equally no, that's not equally bad. It's a bad movie, mm-hmm. but it's moments like this that elevate it. Like I will sure. go back to this movie and look forward to this scene or completely forget about it and just start pissing myself when I see it. <laughs> like so, I so hope I, a ver- go ahead. I agree. I agree. Uh I noticed the smile, but I I didn't like the smile as much. If you have more about the smile, let's let's do it. But this is also the scene where we get to understand why Captain Leland Stottlemyre is collecting teeth, right? I think so because like at this point, because like as he's like he opens the gate, he yeah. Walks when he in, when he's, everybody's he shoots cursing it. at the yeah yeah. He opens the gate. Everybody's cursing at the screen, saying like like the woman behind me is like you deserve to die, mofo. <laughs> and like, and, like he try, like he takes his pliers out, his little bandana filled with teeth. And at this point, I still think he's a pervert, and he's like, "This is gonna look great as a necklace someday." Yeah, and I'm he like, says something like, "This will make a great addition to my necklace." Or yeah, and I'm like, "This will make a perfect centerpiece for my necklace." 
fuck. I was like, yeah. really? And They're like, doing that now? It's it's like, it, but like, that's not, like, it's very, again, contrived, archaic. But like, if you're going to do that, why not insert, because it's worth noting that, that when he says that line of dialogue, we don't see his mouth saying it. So it could have been yeah. added, it could have been added in the beginning of the film when he's ripping it at another dinosaur's mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, include it there. It makes more sense. Because then at least it gives him a reason to be in that room when all hell breaks loose. Yep. It yep. just comes, again, comes out of nowhere. Nobody cares. Again, I don't know how anybody, again, multi-billion dollar film, or multi-million dollar film produced by a multi-billion dollar corporation. Nobody catches it. Yep. <laughs> nobody said no. <laughs> so, at this, as this scene happens, clearly the indoor raptor, and it's worth noting, too, that the, I think the word indoor raptor is said literally once in the entire film. And mm-hmm. much like, I think it's an ADR line, I, or line, I mm-hmm. think it, is said, it was said in post because it's only said once by Toby Jones. I don't think yeah. it's said by B.D. Wong. It might be. I'm not entirely certain. I don't, think, maybe go I don't check. think so. I don't think so either. And it might be said toward maybe at the end of the film by again, I don't think so. And it's said off off camera yeah, where yeah. nobody you don't see the person actually saying it. I think that line was I think who I think the dinosaur had no name and the to- I I think and I know this happens a lot, the toy people okay. the toy people get like like a story breakdown. Like probably two and a half years ago when the script was probably still being written, mm-hmm. Hasbro gets probably like a breakdown, like, oh, there's gonna be a dinosaur, does this, sure. that, whatever. And they probably just gave it a code name of, oh, it's it probably in the script it said this dinosaur is the villain in the latter half of the film that takes prim- takes place primarily indoors. So Hasbro probably figured, oh, it's part Velociraptor and it takes place, it, it stays indoors. Let's just call it the Indoor Raptor. And I think <laughs> they just went with it. It's like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like when Star, the Star Wars toys first were created. Like you had like, all these weird characters. So like you had like Hammerhead Man. Mm-hmm. You had like all, like Buttface. It was just a prune head. It's like you took all these characters that were just described by the toy people by their physical attributes, gotcha. and just then their names were just adapted by the filmmakers. And that okay. sounds yeah, like there's something. Squidhead, Squidhead from Jabba's yes. Palace. I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, Jackface. Can uh, you guess what these characters look like, folks? <laughs> exactly. And I would imagine once again, like Colin Trevorrow loves the crap and the slop that he feeds to us. Yep. I would imagine that'd be when, like, oh, the toy people gave it the code name. Indoor Raptor, he probably peed himself laughing at it for five minutes. And let's call it that. Like, <laughs> I am a cynical SOB. If I'm in charge of a multi-million dollar film, I would not... I, there's a line. You draw a line at your cynicism when it involves millions of dollars. Clearly, Colin Trevorrow does not have a line. <laughs> so, I guess I'm convinced that this was a thing created by the toy people. I, okay. I'm convinced that's where it came from. It's not something that any real human being would name it. Sure. Yeah, I would not be surprised. So you have that um, indoor raptor is pretending to be tranquilized. It eats Ted Levine. Yep. And all his teeth were led to believe. Teeth and get eaten with teeth, him. Yes. Yep. So the uh, so the the indoor raptor has an extra dose of calcium. So he's extra strong for the fight we got coming up. Exactly. Um, uh, at that point. Uh, uh, we haven't really seen uh, Chris Pratt for a while and Bryce Howard and uh, Dino Girl. Yeah, is, con- it, is Dino Girl what we get next? Because we have the whole scene where Dino Girl releases Blue, right? No, that's a nurse. That's nurse, nurse, dinosaur nurse. Oh, that's not Dino. Is Dino Girl Maisie? Yeah. 
Okay, I confused Dino Girl and Excuse Dino Excuse me, nurse. I, gave, I gave my Maisie bad. a new name without clarifying. Much like <laughs> my, Colin Trevorrow, I'm just throwing things at you without any sort of context or. Uh, okay, no, now I know. Maisie's Dino Girl, of course. Yes. yes. Okay, yeah, and Dino Nurse is that. Dino Nurse. Well, next thing we know, like, okay, all hell is broken loose. Yeah. And BD Wong is in the control room again. Yes. And yes. he's just, it, it's, I think, it, and he's just running around telling people, get all the specimens, get all the samples, yeah, lock yeah. them up, we need to get them out of here. And then randomly, uh, sissy computer guy is in the lab in like scrubs. And oh. he's like, and BD Wong's like, get the dinosaur phlebotomist kit. And he's like, yes. where is that? It's right over there. And it's like, because <laughs> in dino, dino nurse, is like chained to Blue the Velociraptor's cage. Yeah, yeah. And so BD Wong goes over her. It's like take the blood from this thing, and she's like, "You oh, take we the go. blood from this." Yep, thing. we remember. We remember from before. Blue yes. has Tyranno Rex blood in it now. It, it has one of the. And this is another great line of dialogue in the film. I like. I know where Rob's going <laughs> with this, and I like it too. And so the di- then the the sissy computer guy brings the phlebotomist kit over, and he's like, "Take the blood from this thing." And she's like, you're out of luck, guy. I gave this thing T-Rex blood. Yep. And he just gives her, like, the blankest stare. And she's <laughs> like, this is practically a dino sock drawer right here. <laughs> and I don't think she says dino sock drawer. She goes, you're pretty much taking blood from, like, a sock drawer right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that is a, once again. Yeah, but I did an intravenous blood transfusion with a T-Rex, so it's a sock drawer in there. You what? This movie only has a few bright spots, but that is a clever-ass bit of dialogue. I like that. I really like their whole little back and forth when she reveals this to B.D. Wong, because B.D. Wong's reaction when he does say something is like, it's not pure, or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck, B.D. Wong. It's like, calm, like, calm down. <laughs> this blood's contaminated. I designed this animal myself. It's pure. Every cell of her body was created in the most controlled environment under the most demanding of conditions. And he's just, the you're right. he's, dinosaurs. He, he's just completely blown away by this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like she, she's like, it would have been dead. What the fuck do you want? Like, you get, you get not pure blood or no blood. Like, fuck you. It's really. And then uh, the next thing we know, BD Wong like has two guards, and he's like, shoot them. And the the girl, like, I forget what happens. Like, she knocks, I, I forget what she does. Like, she knocks him out to the point where, like, she literally just knocks him out cold. Yeah. And one of the guards, like, starts to, like, carry him away. The other one's about to shoot them until she unlocks the cage and they hide behind the cage as Blue comes out. And Blue, like, obviously kills the two guards. And it's worth noting, I'm not sure if Rob picked up on this. This is where I said it's like a Jurassic Park's greatest hit. Think about Jurassic World 1, where uh, Vincent D'Onofrio tells everyone to pack up their stuff mm-hmm. with B.D. Wong and get out of there. The exact same thing happens in this. Okay, All, okay. Think about it. It's like you could literally take the exact same scene from Jurassic World and just splice it into this, and you would not know that anything changed. All the samples are gathered up. All the eggs are taken out of incubation. All the samples are, or the uh, specimens are put into briefcases. And B.D. Wong, once again, is escorted, this time unconscious, out oh, of the yep. facility into yep. the great unknown again. Like, it's the yeah. exact, like, literally, the exact same thing <laughs> happens. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's going to happen in the third one, probably. It's going to happen. It's going to keep happening until B.D. Wong gets his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day, one day, maybe he'll succeed. 
one day. And so uh And, and now uh, blues loose. Yeah, so yes, now blues, blues loose. loose. And so now we're setting up um uh, it, we we all saw it coming, but I have to. I guess I'll say it now because we finally have like the true makings of it. it in our ep- our first episode on dinosaurs, we totally said there's gonna be another dinosaur fight at the end of this fucking movie. And at this point of the movie, I was like, well, it's just clear which two dinosaurs are gonna fight now because we have two major scenes of releasing them. Uh, but now now we have everything kind of starting to tie together. And this was. This was the point in the movie where I think I was like, okay, finally, it's going to be over. <laughs> like, I can see yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> nope, there's still like 25 more minutes yeah. to go. Yeah, yep. And so, we, had to get the clo- we had to get the Maisie reveal, right? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. So you have, <laughs> so you have um, I don't think we mentioned this earlier, though, but like uh, Lockwood has like a book that he won't let Maisie see. Mm-hmm. And we see him um, like look at it at one point. It shows the, the the nanny, like, 40 years younger with a girl that looks just like Maisie. And then we see Maisie take the book. And obviously, um, we hear that, uh, like, Maisie's a clone. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That, or, no, Is that Guy McFace that says that? Yeah, Guy McFace is... Okay. Um, he, he's the reveal to Chris okay. when they're, like, running from the dinosaurs or something. That's the very end. That's the very, very end, though. Yeah. Right? I okay, think, yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty close. To, that's, like, right before the fight scene, I think. Okay. Um, no, that's at the very end, though, because that's after they've killed the, the indoor raptor. Because that's because he gets eaten by the um, the T-Rex at the end. Ah, oh, yes. Okay. That's, yeah, like, yeah, the very end that. of the movie. It's, it's, it's like, Again, it's this weird reveal that just kind of, like, goes... I, I don't know. I, I could be mistaken. Who knows? This movie's kind of like a blur. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> um, much like how the, uh, the the writers have no idea. Me as the audience has no clue either. So anyway, though, so um, Chris Pratt's trying to kill the indoor raptor. It's it, it's very similar to the, the scene from the first Jurassic Park where they're, like, wandering around the kitchen mm-hmm. trying to evade the velociraptor. Yep. Um, they keep trying to do things. Like, they, 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 they reset the... Um, the electrical system, so it'll all be dark. The thing finds it, finds them pretty easily. And um, while this is going on, something happened. Maybe Rob can explain, but Rob being an academic researcher, in, like, the dinosaur, like, prison, like, something happens in, like, like uh, aerosol arsenic starts getting let loose into, like, the dinosaur prison camp. Yeah, yeah. I When I was looking up for my notes when I was on the uh, Wikipedia page and stuff like that, I remember the, I'm, I'm going to ch- actually check it out. The Wikipedia page like had a, had a name for it. I don't think they said what it was in the movie. Oh, do they? No, but, yeah, the Wikipedia- they, do, they do say what it is in the movie. I know. Oh, okay. Okay. That says what it is. Okay. Then that's where Wikipedia is getting it from. I don't remember that line in the movie. I might've just missed it. Hydrogen <laughs> cyanide, hydrogen cyanide. Sure. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, that's is that the, is that your question? Is that the best way to kill dinosaurs? <laughs> no, my question. No, my question is why in a dinosaur lab slash prison prison would you have a open pipe that is very easily broken to expose hydrogen cyanide into the facility? I guess this is a question I had then as well because I I like entirely took this as it was their fail safe. Like, if shit went wrong, oh. they would gas the dinosaurs. That's how I interpreted it. And when, when B.D. Wong, well, you know, of course, nothing, this is going to make sense, but when they were like, pack our shit up and, and get out of here, they hit this trigger or something. That's 
That was how I rationalized it, at least. But well, did they that, say it was like a leak or something? Yes, because there's at least, I know there's at least one problem. I think there's even two shots, and it was damaged at some point, either by the indoor raptor or the dinosaur who butts his head. At some point, something happens, and we see it damaged, and later on we see the, it, it's, a, it's a pipe that runs vertically, and we can see the gas spewing out of it. Yeah, it's okay, okay. <laughs> that's just poor design. <laughs> that's what I mean. Though. It's like if it was like if it was like what you said, and like oh, this is like a fail safe of all hell breaks. It was like oh, that would make sense. Like BD yeah. did this as he was like running out. Like that would make sense. But no. So like <laughs> getting back to what was happening, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt resets the lights there somehow connected by the internet, despite yep. the fact that there's archaic keyholes and stuff like that. Yep. And then uh, that fucking dinosaur conveyor belt that must have cost a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's why they had to sell the dinosaurs at the price they, they were at because they had to recover all their costs from the dinosaur <laughs> conveyor belt. And it's worth yeah. knowing that Chris Pratt breaks the conveyor belt at one point. Yeah, yeah, all that, all that great conveyor belt down the drain. <laughs> it's worth knowing that at one point in this film about dinosaurs, we get like a five minute like fight sequence between Chris Pratt and a guy who has like tattoo, a guy who has like tattoos on like his skull, like on oh, his like yeah. bare scalp. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. I was like, it's like, why is Chris Pratt fighting this? Then it's worth like, even again, not to rewind a little bit though. But during the scene where the dinosaurs like head putting people in the privates, like Chris Pratt's yeah. just going around randomly punching people in the face. Yeah. Like, if you watch that scene, he's just randomly <laughs> punching people. He's just like, these people are bad. These people are bad, and he has no fucking clue who any of them are what anything's happening. Oh, it's great. It's great. but but anyway though. So the the computer sissy guy in the dino nurse are like trying to reset the thing to stop the leak despite the fact that it's punctured all they do is maybe get like a roll of duct tape and they will yeah. be fine yeah um or maybe some like flex seal or flex tape from like the guy on the commercials but they reset the entire thing turning the lights on uh the indoor raptor like like uh punctures uh bryce howard in the leg and while this is all going on uh dino girl screams the indoor raptor runs up like oh god does she run up the stairs? Like she runs up like forty flights of stairs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, where, like, where is she hiding? In, in <laughs> arguably the in a movie chocked full of dumb, stupid ass moments, she runs to her room, locks the door, and hides under the covers. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yes, yeah, that's. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> See, if anything, that, you should be under the bed. Like, I would think that, that it would be tough for the raptor to bend down that far and get under there. I would imagine that it, the, dinosaur, the dinosaur has figured out what room you're in. Um, <laughs> I don't know how the dinosaur knows what room you're in. Yeah. But in the off chance that it guesses correctly, I would imagine <laughs> that no matter, like, like, being under the bed, like, will give you, like Rob said, maybe, like, even, like, Maybe a split second more protection. Yeah. Like if this thing finds you, like you're pretty much done. But the whole idea that you go directly for under the covers. Was this the the indoor raptor coming after? Yes. This is oh, the indoor well, raptor stuff. Well, that answers all our questions. It's the indoor raptor. It's created with an endless knowledge of all things indoors. So that's how it knows what room Maisie was in. So what you're telling me is that when uh, B.D. Wong developed it, he uh, genetically implanted the schematics of the mansion into the dinosaur's brain. I, so we know every conceivable hiding spot. I'm thinking it's it's like more than that. He didn't more just than get, that. He didn't just get the, the, the blueprints or the schematics for that mansion, but he bred the dinosaur with just the innate ability to like – 
map out indoors. So whenever he's indoors, he understands all about the indoors. That's what I think. Oh my god! So this, like, I don't know. It's like a like a maybe a sonar type of thing. Like, oh, the, okay. like when the Batman, uh, bat, uh, what is it? The the second of the Christopher Nolan, just the Dark Knight, when he like, oh, the he like does the sonar shit. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This dinosaur can like map out uh, rooms and, and stuff like that because he's indoors. He's like the indoor raptor. He's got he's the power of indoors. <laughs> oh my god! Again, since he, and that's what happens. As soon as he goes outside, he dies. Yeah, he can't survive out in the outdoors. No, he can't survive. He's not the outdoor raptor. He's the <laughs> indoor raptor. Yeah, the, the only way that you, he can, like, get from place to place is he has to go to, like, he starts in a mansion, and he's got to go, he's got to run to a shed. He's got to <laughs> stay in there and recharge, and he's got to run to Chris Pratt's shanty and stay in there and recharge, and then, you know, make his way to other I- indoor things. <laughs> so it's like an elaborate, like, form of, like, the floor is lava. It's like he yes, has to run from, yes. like, point A to B to C. Yes. Okay. Now, now I'm thinking I want the third Jurassic Park movie to be the indoor raptor or another version of the indoor raptor comes back and is let loose in Minneapolis, St. Paul, because a lot of the buildings are connected by walkways, so everything's indoors. Oh my God! What are they gonna do? There's <laughs> another volcano. There's a, there's a volcano under uh, that city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a volcano in in Michigan. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So um, you have that. Uh, you go outside. Uh, Chris Pratt, because Chris, uh, Bryce Howard is injured, and he's like, I have to. He's and she's like, go save Maisie. And so he goes like running after her. He has like the gun. He finds like a gun on the floor somewhere. Yeah. He goes up to the bedroom. Uh, the di- Oh, it's worth noting the dinosaur. Like the dinosaur doesn't just simply like like headbutt the door open. The dinosaur goes outside. And the music is like again. Rob's gonna play the clip here. The music is like so like over dramatic, swelling, just dun 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 dun. It's just like this insane music, and like the dinosaur goes outside, like howls in the moon like a wolf man, then like <laughs> does like a Spider Man, goes like upside down by the door, uses its claws to actually turn the door handle ever yep. so gently, gen- and like very, oh god, uh, gingerly pushes the door open, sneaks inside, as and then uses its claws to slowly approach the bed. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and Chris Pratt shows up. Just kicks the door down, which I don't know why the indoor raptor just didn't do that. Yep. Shoots it twice the tranquilizer, which we know will do absolutely nothing. It'll make it smile, if anything. You get it, get it, it high. Get the indoor raptor high with your tranquilizers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my lord, this movie is bonkers. Um, and so he does that. The gun runs out of ammunition. And they start to like, I don't know what happens. Like he, I guess he distracts it just long enough that they can get outside. Because Macy's like, come yeah. outside with me. Something like that. And so they come outside. They scale, like, the, the ledge again like she did before when she got mm-hmm. locked in. They go outside. Um, they go to, like, this glass – like, the, the glass roof of the dinosaur museum. And they're, like, uh, transversing it, like, with, like, and keeping their balance with their arms out, like a tightrope walker. Yep. And they see it there, and the thing's having a hard time, like, like walking the, the line. And it it's constantly keeps, like, crashing or, like, 
punching its feet through the glass ceiling. And um, Chris Pratt, like, sits there, like, almost falls over with the girl. He grabs her. And then, like, the next thing we know, uh, Bryce Howard's up there somehow, despite the fact that... (laughs) She's injured. She's injured. And she somehow acquired, like, the indoor raptor gun. Yeah, oh, yeah, out of nowhere. Despite she has no understanding of how it works or how the (laughs) procedure is, how it it works with the dinosaur. She has a complete understanding of all this. She's um, just going to hit that red button and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. She uh, points the red thing. Hit. She points the red dot on Chris Pratt, pushes the, the, the sound button, which still doesn't make sense why that would trigger it. And then it goes crashing through the floor. It, uh, it gets uh, perforated on the tusk of a dinosaur or the bones yeah. of a dinosaur. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, I forgot. The reason why it's able, to, uh, Chris Pratt and Maisie are able to escape in the bedroom yeah. is that Blue, Blue there shows up. There we go. Yep, this starts, is our dinosaur fight. Yeah, it starts messing things up and starts attacking it, biting it. The fact that we've seen this indoor raptor is like apparently like the greatest dinosaur ever. Yeah. And yep. and it's like, oh, okay. And um, Blue buys them time again. And then like, does Blue show up on top of the roof? And yeah, then, I think so. Yeah, uh, I think um, that's it's continuing like it's a, a continued it's reason why Chris Pratt and Maisie are able to like not just get eaten right away because Blue's okay. distracting it. And uh, but really, it is uh, Bryce Howard with the gun and getting it to crash through the gotcha. glass pane. But it, I, I do remember. Uh, I think doesn't Blue like jump on the indoor raptor yes. after it's impaled? <laughs> I th- yeah, I think it. I think it does. Yeah, like yeah, it, it like jumps in and it's like it like it does like a little roar or whatever, and it's like gets like that. We got our dinosaur fight. I really, I, I didn't realize the third Jurassic World. They should just go full like like uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder just go full retard and yeah. make Blue the main character. Oh, they they gotta do it. They they got it. it should be like all about the relationship, the love triangle between Chris Pratt, uh, Bryce Howard, and Blue. From Blue's perspective. That's what I think. That that would be great. And it's completely... There's no other dinosaur in the movie. Just Blue. And Blue has like an office job or something. <laughs> and it's like total just straight up rom-com. That's the third one. That's what I'm thinking. Did you ever see, did, We've did just you ever see, like eight ideas for the third one now. <laughs> did you ever see the, movie, see the movie This Means War with Reese Witherspoon, Tom Hardy, and Chris Pine? Where like they're both like secret agents, and they but they both like uh, Reese Witherspoon. They're both I've, trying to like woo her. I've heard of it, yeah, but I, I don't think I've seen it. We should do that, but Chris Pratt is uh, Reese Witherspoon, and <laughs> Bryce Howard and Blue are the men trying to woo him. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. I, I might pay nineteen million dollars to see that. <laughs> I think I, I definitely. You'll you'll spend at least one dinosaur for that movie, right? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, I would. I would uh, give up expanding my dinosaur collection to go see that film. <laughs> so we have that uh, blue. I guess the blue like stomps the dinosaur, like like helps even further push the dinosaur onto the <laughs> thing it's being uh, um, impaled on. Yep. And we go outside. Uh, Guy McFace has the Indominus Rex tooth, and it's like, be careful with this. And at that point, oh no, we oh no, we forgot a part. Um, we go inside the control room where uh, the sissy computer guy and dino nurse, even though they reset the computers, they rebooted them. It still didn't fix the uh, 
the leak, despite the fact the leak has nothing to do with computers. Yeah, it didn't fix the physical pipe. Yep. No, it did not. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> oh, darn. Apparently, uh, <laughs> fixing a, a pipe with a, ga- uh, a gaping hole in it can't be fixed by uh, rebooting it. Yeah, and they're like um, sitting there, Joe, and we're out of ideas. <laughs> exactly. So they so they all go down to like the control room. They're like, we can't save these animals. Yeah. Um, and uh, Bryce Howard starts like individually unlocking the compute, like the the gates for each animal, mm-hmm. and like all the animals are like in like uh, the lobby, like the dino <laughs> prison lobby. They're, like, <laughs> yeah. they're all like, yes. it's funny. They're all like, you have like all you have like carnivores, herbivores all together, and they're all fine. They're just like waiting in line together. It's kind of like a crowd yeah. elevator. And that's almost. and that's like the biggest fucking bullshit because if you if you want to, you know, not that this is any bigger bullshit than anything else in this movie, but there's no way you can, anybody can look me in the eyes and say, okay, you know, we got the big carnivore dinosaurs mixed in with the herbivore dinosaurs, but, and they're all slowly dying from this gas that's being leaked in, in there. There's no way the fucking carnivores wouldn't start freaking out and murdering everything. Like they'd be like, all be freaking out and just like ramming each yeah, other. Yeah, but I mean, how, we uh, we have no idea. The best evidence we have is how would a regular uh, an animal we deal with in our life, if you start to like poison them, how would they react? Well, they're not gonna sit still and just groan. Like when your lungs start burning, you're gonna start to freak out. And so yeah, that was all. It was just like okay, the script needs time for our main characters to think. So let's just have all the dinosaurs wait in this little box. And it's like, fuck, fine, sure. You know they're going to be freed. They're not going to kill all the dinosaurs in the fucking animal rights movie. Yeah. And so, like, Bryce Howard unlocks all the all the individual, like, uh, cells. And, like, in, in the whole time, Chris, is Pratt, Chris Pratt's like, this is a bad idea. Yo, a horrible I, I actually idea. really liked that, where he's like, no, think about this. Come on. <laughs> says, I'm pretty sure he says the line, think about this twice in the span of like maybe a minute minute and a half he actually says these he says think about this and like bryce howard's about to unlock like the emergency gate because like it's like a comically large button it has like a little plastic thing on it so you can't just bump into it yeah and she like she puts a little she opens the plastic cover like stares at it for like 30 seconds puts it down and she starts like crying into like chris pratt's like chest yeah and like 10 seconds go by and like the gate opens everyone's like whoa this is the stables? Yeah, that actually was. It's the dinosaur stables. That was Look the at dinosaur that. stables. <laughs> and so we see in little Maisie, Dino Girl has pressed the button down. And she's like, they deserve to be free just like oh, me. There was some of the worst dialogue. I had to. They're alive. Like me. I'm pretty sure she looked directly into the camera at that point. Yeah, doesn't she say like she looks at the right at the camera and she goes, "They are alive." Yeah, and something like, like that. Fuck, like fuck. Like the only thing she needs to say is like, "They are like me." She might have <laughs> even said that. She might have said yeah, that actually. I uh, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll get the play the clip. <laughs> we have to go back. Um, and so okay, so we go back outside. Um, Guy McFace has the Indominus Rex tooth. He's like, "Protect this at all costs," which doesn't make any sense to me. Because the, the dinosaur carcass is still in the park, you just get another one. Like there's a whole, there's a freaking skeleton down there. Yeah. Just get another one. Like if you lose yeah. this tooth, just go down there and get another one. Not the end of the world. <laughs> um, so it's yeah, so weird. They, they the kept fucking open of this movie. You know, we could do that's that again. I mean, no, it's like they keep treating it like a Faberge egg. It's like no, you can get another one, and like yeah. you don't even need that much of the DNA. All you need is like a slight shaving of it, and you'll be fine. Yeah, some of the, yeah. some of like the, the 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 root of the tooth, but again, whatever. And so, like, and they're like, "Wait, 
what is that? They're like, it's it's like, is it the T Rex? They're like, no. Then like the stampede of the animals comes out, like stomps, like stomps all the henchmen to death. Yeah. Um, it's it stomps everyone but Guy McFace, um, and the Indominus like Rex Tooth, and then like all the characters come out, and they're, they're talking to Guy McFace. And I think this might have happened earlier in the film. I, I, I think it must have happened earlier in the film. Because that's what we said about Maisie saying they're just like me. Um, the reveal of her being a clone must have happened mm. earlier in the film. But anyway, whenever it happened, I don't remember when. Oh, it yeah, it, de- it definitely was earlier. It was, um, I can't remember it exactly, but it's like we have, there's time in the movie where we know this as an audience. Yeah. And she, be- she becomes a member of the, the good guy team type of yeah. thing. Yeah, but it's, okay, going back to that scene, though, when, she, when it's like uh, let out that that's what she is or it's uh, mm-hmm. revealed. When they find out, you look at Bryce Howard's face. She has the most horrified look on her face. They're like, she's a clone. And, he, and she just has this, like, face of sheer terror. And, like, horror. She and should have like, had the VD Wong line and been, like, push the Maisie away and go, you're on pure. <laughs> but, like, I want anybody who's listening to this who has not seen the film yet, when you get that reveal in the film, look at Bryce Howard's face. She is just mortified. <laughs> like, it, it's as if somebody, it's like, again, I, I don't know how to even describe, she looks disgusted, reviled by this. Like, I don't know what oh, the director man. told her what was being said in this scene or what was being revealed, um, but she is just disgusted by it. Oh, man, okay, okay. Um, so <laughs> I, I thought that was hysterical. I laughed at that, too. Um, and so we go back, uh, whatever it is, Guy McFace is outside of the tooth. They, yep. he confront, uh, they, they confront him, Chris Pratt and them. They're like, you're a bad person. He's like, wahaha. And then, um, the T-Rex indeed. shows, <laughs> yeah, indeed. The T-Rex shows up with another, like, uh, carn- carnivore dinosaur and like eats them and like, tears them apart, eats them. I think one eats like one half of them. The other one eats the bottom half. Yeah. And the T-Rex like stomps off and stomps on the tooth in the glass containment thing. Mm-hmm. And, um. And then like, they all look into the distance, and they're like, you, you know what we've done, right? They're like, it's for the best, though. And like, never mind, he's all, like, in a real world, all these dinosaurs would be dead within like, six hours. Like, 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 the, <laughs> like the police would, like, like, you'd have, like, police, like, in helicopters, like, shooting these people. <laughs> or shooting these dinosaurs, I mean. But anyway, though, and so it's like yeah. this, though. And then we see Blue show up, and Blue's like, and Blue shows up, and Chris Pratt's like, hey, Blue. There's, there's, you know this love, love oh, affair. Yeah. It's not just a party of two, right? And so Blue, like, and, and he's like, and Chris Pratt literally has a conversation with the dinosaur, like, Blue, come with me. And it's like, and Blue, like, looks, like, it's like, and, like, Blue looks at Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt looks back at Blue, and, like, it cuts to, like, a random shot of, like, a cage, and yep. Blue just runs away. Yep. Yep. And it's like, why? It's like, okay, oh, apparently goodness. the dinosaur that saved their lives twice now they just lock it like like yeah. save their lives and then um chris pratt would treat blue like the gimp in pulp fiction just lock it in a cage <laughs> and just screw it when he got bored oh it was i know the, the way that scene was edited like with the, the way that they showed the cage i felt like it was really awkward like for how long the cage was shown it yeah was, it, it felt like it wasn't paced correctly um so i thought it was really weird i i like that blue ran away because chris pratt like we said basically is like blue i love you we need to. We need to be together. We need to start a family. All that stuff, and and Blue looks at him, and I honestly think I was. I was hoping while I was watching this, I knew Blue was going to run away because there's going to yeah. be a third movie. Like you know, it's that's. I, I feel like 
this is uh, when I, I, I know J.A. Bayona in some interview said that he compared this to like the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> that would have been like Blue leaving is like the, the Empire winning in the end uh, and Luke getting his hand cut off. That's I'm sure what the director thinks. But I really think they should have cut out the thing of the cage and just for one line. The raptor should have talked, like yeah, spoken English, and said, definitely. and just said, "I want to fuck other people," and then ran away. <laughs> that would have made the scene. That would have made the movie. Because think about it: the, the fucking raptor's been on an island with nobody but Chris Pratt for its whole life, and now it's on the mainland. Like, no, Chris Pratt, fuck you. You left me for three years. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fuck other people. <laughs> I'm gonna go fuck other raptors. <laughs> so, so I have, so I have two other. I have two questions. Okay, um, I'm ready. First, I was always under the impression that like the the love affair between Chris Pratt and Blue was like very much a one way street. Like Chris Pratt had like some sort of like affinity for this dinosaur, and the dinosaur just had like like one no parts of this. Oh yeah, the dinosaur was using Chris Pratt as a mean to an end. I think. Okay, so like there was no mutual affection there. Like there was no mutual sexual affection. I, if there's any, if there's any mutual feelings. Uh, it, it would probably just be lust. Like, like Chris Pratt loves Blue, but I'm thinking Blue might be like, yeah, Chris Pratt's all right, you know, you can have sex with him, but I'm like, I'm going to leave him when I need to, you know? Like, if Blue sees it as more of a friends with benefits type of thing, where Chris Pratt's, like, really trying to make it work. <laughs> okay, this is my second question. So, um, Blue leaving, in the analogy you previously described, where okay. Blue's like, I want to be with other, other yeah. people or dinosaurs, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is kind of the equivalent of, like, dating somebody in high school for like a, a period of time and then once you go off to college you just like you end the relationships you can just go around like have, be with everybody you want 100 percent. that's a great that's a great analogy for 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 that <laughs> definitely <laughs> and so um that happens and it's worth noting that this is another strangely comical scene is that um like in all we see all the dinosaurs go to like all different corners of like California like the T Rex like goes to like a zoo and starts like roaring in a lion for some yeah, reason. That, uh, is that that's not the one you're gonna bring up? I laughed at that. I, I no. really thought that was funny. No, when the, but like, when the lion well, like, during, and the T Rex looked at each other. That's that's funny in and of itself. That was given away in the marketing for me, so that kind of was spoiled. Oh, okay. But you have like all these different scenes, but like w like they're all interconnected with we have Chris Pratt. Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, uh, Maisie in the backseat, and it's shot just like, and they're like driving across, it looks like the Pacific Coast Highway, it looks like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's shot just like the beginning of The Shining with the Torrances in their car. It's shot, <laughs> like if you think about it, it's shot just oh like that. So okay, I think okay. on top of the many, I think on the on the top of the like dozen sequels to this that we already pitched, I think another <laughs> one we're gonna shovel onto the pile is Jurassic World Three is gonna be the shining of dinosaur films. They're gonna um, go to the Overlook. They're gonna, they're gonna go to the dinosaur version of the Overlook. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna be. Oh, it's we're gonna get like the indoor raptor's ghost in the Overlook Hotel or something. Exactly, and the Indominus Rex is going to be uh, Lloyd yeah. the bartender. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for all the sequels now, Zach. I I want everybody. Like, we should make like a, like a little chart, like a little like a uh, cheat sheet of all the scenes in this movie. You have to like pay like, pay extra special <laughs> yeah. attention to, like the dinosaur smiling, um, Bryce Howard's mortified face. 
um, the the Shining esque ending. Oh yeah, that's um, some good some good shit. <laughs> it's, it's just like it's just it's just baffling. Like this movie ends, and it's like I don't know. Like again, I, I saw this in a pretty crowded theater. Definitely more than like the like the ten people Rob was in the theater with that paid twenty mm-hmm. million dollars uh, a ticket. <laughs> yeah, um, they basically traded in one dinosaur for a ticket of admission. Yep. And like I saw, like the people in the theater, like there was only a couple people that were really kind of like talkative, and they all were like just cursing at the movie. Nice. So like, like, and this definitely adds a little bit of credence to the thing that like Rob and I have been talking about, like doing like Avengers four. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I if there was any doubt in my mind about that, I think this because I can only imagine what the seven o'clock showing of this looked like. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. like this would have been like even though like, I Rob and I have this like very thing that we're planning for Avengers four maybe maybe not happening, I think if we did this this would have been almost as good because like people take the Avengers like incredibly seriously. Yeah. Whereas with this nobody's taking it seriously. <laughs> so you can good. get away with like like like, like, like like cursing at the movie and no one will really care. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Avengers, if you curse at Captain America, someone might punch you in the face while they're not applauding. <laughs> yeah, they'll get they'll get like upset <laughs> for sure. So, so okay, okay. is there anything else you want to talk about this movie plot wise, or did we run no, through I the think, entire plot? Well, uh, did you? I think the uh, the whole plot. I think we got through, but uh, I do have to ask: Did you uh, look into the post credit scene since you said you didn't see it? Did you? Because I, I watched it, I stayed and, and checked it out. Did you? Did uh, you like get to see it or read about it, or do you know? I, what it I is? saw. I didn't know there was one until I looked it up on Wikipedia like two hours ago. But do you? But you know what the post credit scene is? Isn't it them just pterodactyls flying around Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so fucking stupid. Uh, it starts with um, pterodactyls flying around the Eiffel Tower. Like you don't know it's the oh. the Eiffel Tower in Vegas. Like you think it's the real Eiffel Tower. Like it's just the shot of the top and and pterodactyls like circling it, and then it, it like pans down and it pans and cuts i think it's it's not a full pan it pans some of the way and so you can see like the logo to the hotel and then Uh, it cuts to like the strip of it's not the strip of las vegas but the street of las vegas and like a tourist sees them sees the dinosaurs and they all scream and that's it the people scream because they see dinosaurs and i was like i fucking sat through 80 minutes of credits for that like i wanted something more I did not, because I saw, like, there were people waiting in the theater when I got up and left, mm-hmm. and I said, I don't care. Like, I genuinely said, I don't. I, like, at that <laughs> point, I got my money's worth of laughing at this dumb movie. I'm like, there's nothing a post-cred scene can I don't give me that will, top, that will top the dinosaur smiling into the camera. Like, that yeah. will, that, it's going to take it. a lot for a movie to top that. It's going to take a lot. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't worth it, but that's what the post credit scene is. It's just, it, it didn't, doesn't do anything. It reinforces the fact of... What we got when the T Rex yelled at the lion, yelled it, roared at the lion. You know, it's uh, yes, we understand. Dinosaurs are now in the world. I get it. You know, but the post credit post credit scene didn't add anything to that. We didn't talk about the last thing with Jeff Goldblum, the fact that he's at the very end. Oh yeah, well yeah, I mentioned before he was the bookends, but he has a he has more to say. Yeah, they get him in there again at the same. But is that looks like the same question, Senate meeting? It's just, well, that's my question though. Is it the same Senate hearing from before? all the events of the film or is it an additional set? Cause you're right. The scene's identical, but I don't remember if he's wearing the same clothes or not. Uh, that I don't remember either. I took it to be as the same. That's why I would have that. Cause again, I doubt they would bring him back in again because I would yeah, imagine, yeah. Cause, cause if you could, how long are those two scenes combined? What? 60 seconds tops. Yeah, gotta be a minute. No, so more they must have minute. broken it up just to sit there, give him some, just to have him at the end as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, that's what I, I totally expect and think. Sure. I think that's it, really, right? I mean, I think yeah, I, don't think, I think we covered everything. We beat that movie to fucking death. <laughs> oh, this was, like, like, prior to, like, doing this, I really did not want to see this movie. Again, everybody knows my uh, legendary contempt for Jurassic World, yeah. and I really didn't want to see this. But, like, I am, I am glad I did on, on a uh, commentary podcast, because there was a lot. It's a dumb movie. Uh, if you're as cynical as I am about this series, it is well worth the price of admission. If if you want a, a I would imagine a lot of people are going to be disappointed. And the people who I saw somebody on Twitter tweeting saying Jurassic World Two makes Jurassic World look like Jurassic. Okay, how they say it? They said Jurassic World Two <laughs> makes Jurassic World look like Jurassic Park. Okay, and I look at okay. that and I say, like, you are insane. This movie, I think, is infinitely better than Jurassic World. Even that's not saying anything. I agree. I agree with that one. This is this is definitely it ranks up higher than in the all of my Jurassic Park rankings. Higher than Jurassic World for sure. Because it's an incredibly stupid movie, yet it's not pretentious about it. Yeah, you know what? I'm tempted to say that this might be my my second favorite. This yeah, might be. yeah. I, I because I, my my first is still the third, of course. <laughs> like without a fucking doubt. Um, this one had a lot less of the, the kid aspect. If, if you remember from my, from our first episode, my second was the first Jurassic Park before seeing this one. I think this one's gonna outrank it, because the first, you know, the first one, of course, was the whole Laura Dern wants children, just was in it so much. This one didn't really have the, it had the kid aspect, don't get me wrong, but it didn't have it as heavily as the others. You know what be the greatest plot twist the series could go in? What? Throw Make a me. movie without a child. That would be amazing. That would instantly become my favorite Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> why do they need to have children in these movies? Like, like no why? Problem. Like, it's not like the kids. Like, the kids all like no kid is seeing this because there's a, another kid in it. They're seeing it either because of dinosaurs, yeah. or they like Chris Pratt. Like, that's it. Exactly. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't it know why no you need a kid. Uh, yeah, it's just become like a hallmark at this point, and it's like just they need someone to tell them to stop. Like, please stop. You know. It's like a tradition that we that is just bad for everybody, but we keep doing it because it's a tradition. Like, someone, please break it. Please! Oh, my God. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, well. Is, uh, is this... Okay, are we going to dive directly into our normal cinema? Yeah, games, yeah. I don't, uh, I, don't think I, have any, I don't think I have anything else for, for dinosaurs. Okay. Um, so, is what would we eat during this movie? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I think I have to give a shout-out in my answer for snacks uh, to a tweet we got from Porg Knight. He, uh, his snack suggestion was eating a, uh, what was it, a hunk of meat to, to oh, represent a, a dinosaur? A turkey, turkey leg. leg, yeah. A turkey leg to represent a dinosaur eating Chris Pratt or something like that. Gotta give a shout-out to that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, you get some, you get some meat going on, so you could be like a dinosaur just chowing down. On, on some humans or other dinosaurs or something like that. Other than that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really have any good snacks come to mind. I don't think we there was anything in the movie that jumped out at me. It'd be like, oh, that's the snack to eat. Um, I don't know. Did, did anything jump out for you? Did you have any snack? The only thing, I'm not sure if I'm just making this up or if this is a real thing. Is that I know... Um... Like I don't know, it's like it's like this weird sort of like I get, it's like almost like dollar store candy, where like I think it was called like shark's teeth, 
where like you could sit there. Um, it was like like a little white candy, but it was like in the shape of like shark's teeth, and that's just mm-hmm. what it was. I think you get those. You cross off the word shark, right? Dinosaur, and much like Ted Levine, um, you can like rub uh. them all over your junk, <laughs> like browse by it. And after you're done getting sexually pleasured, you can then eat them as a snack. Um, <laughs> I figured that's the only thing I can think of. Like it's something like that, though, where it's like a a facsimile of what something in the movie. Considering that the indoor yeah. raptor eats the teeth. I would imagine you want to emulate the greatest villain in cinematic history. Okay, I think I remember the shark teeth or something similar. Like something a like that. that. Yeah, where they looked like teeth. Okay, okay. They're like hmm. gummies, almost like gummy-esque. Would you, uh, would you consider eating actual teeth? No, absolutely not. Because you can't or because you don't want to? I don't want to. I, I use those exclusively to um, get off to. <laughs> Much like Ted Levine. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're for my necklace. So I'm not going to eat my necklace. Oh, oh, but wait. What, remember those candy necklaces? Oh. What if we had one of those with the candy teeth on them? Well, there you go. You figured yeah. it out. You cracked the code. Nice. Nice. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe if, uh, if you're making this for yourself, I would say it's up to you if you want it to be a necklace of candy teeth or real teeth. If you're making it for somebody else, throw a few real teeth in there. <laughs> like, like, like if Zach and I are sitting down for a movie, and I'm like, hey, Zach. Well, Zach's not a good Zach. will not take anything I give him, I think. No. Like, if I'm like, hey, Zach, I have food for you, he's going to be, nope, nope. <laughs> I don't. I will only eat things I prepared for myself. <laughs> but if you're, you know, you got someone else here, and, you, and you're like, hey, look, I got, a, I got a candy necklace. Check it out. Throw a few real teeth in there. It'll make for a good uh, good dinosaur viewing experience. You'll have something to talk about other than the movie. This movie's bonkers, folks. <laughs> uh, do we want to... So, Late Night. I want to I mention Late Night because I actually saw it at Late Night. So I saw it at a 10 p.m. showing. Uh, that's midnight. So I actually did see it today in Zach's timeline. Um, so I saw it as a Late Night movie. Uh, I don't think I would ever want to see this again as a late night movie. I don't think I'd ever show it to someone as a late night movie. Not even during the day. <laughs> um, but cinemodity status. Definitely. definitely with, how, with how fucking much I was like laughing during the movie and how crazy some of the decisions. And even now, after discussing it, all the stuff that you brought up that I didn't even think of, Zach, that's just even crazier. It adds to the craziness. This is this is a cinemodity. This is yeah. What, do you remember what I said for Jurassic World? Did I? I think it's it? neither. I think it was neither. Yeah, I think we said neither for that as well. This one it's, though, this is fucking out there. Yeah. This is out there. I and I think I have to agree with Zach, even though I, I wouldn't recommend it as a late night movie or ever use it as a late night movie again. I am glad I saw it because. Even though it wasn't a great movie, it's one of those films where you just have so much to say about it. Like, in real time, too. Like, at some certain moments, I wish I could have paused the movie theater and been like, what is going on? Like, is everybody else finding this as crazy as I am? So, stuff like that. Bonkers. Good. Yeah, Good. I would say uh, definite cinemati, late night movie for me, uh, jury's still out. I would need to wait for the uh, home video release, maybe... Like I said, I don't know. Some of the stuff might not land for me a second time. Like, I know the dinosaur smiling. That's just going to resonate with me forever. Um, <laughs> but certain other things, like, I don't know like, for certain. Yeah, okay. okay. But, um, no, I definitely think this is definitely in the uh, – definitely like, like a blockbuster cinemati. I, this is definitely up there. This would be uh, one of our gonzo blockbusters? 
You yeah, think uh, fall into that category? Mm, not Gonzo maybe enough? Not. Maybe not just go- bonkers? Well, it's it's not no Gonzo Blockbuster has to be something like at its core. This has a lot of elements of Gonzo. Um, like uh, it's it. like oh a sequel to a movie that made one point six billion dollars. Like oh okay, it's like you're telling me a movie about like the fifth movie in a series about dinosaurs coming back to life. You're telling me they're running out of ideas. It's like no really. <laughs> um, so no, I, I think the the jury is still out on that. Like I, I don't think I should okay. again. I I'd have to find again considering that Rob appreciates it. I doubt I'd find anybody else that will appreciate this movie on the cynical level I do. But if there ever is somebody, I would definitely uh, put this would be in the on the list probably. Oh, okay, interesting. Because it, it is accessible. You can like this is one of those movies that like if you're with somebody and it's just like on TNT one afternoon, you can put this on like well they're like watching. You can just like piss yourself laughing at how stupid it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Absolutely. Like four years from now, this is gonna be inescapable on like TNT and USA. Like <laughs> you will not be able to escape this this movie. Yeah, I I actually think my version of the Lost World is a TV rip from TNT. Like I think it has like the TNT logo in it. In like like most of my Law and Order episodes do as well. <laughs> And the yeah, advertisements for when TNT is going to play Armageddon next. I see that a lot in some of the old Law & Order episodes. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so how are we going to end this episode? Uh, before before we talk about oh. music, uh, with the end of the episode, the way we need to end this episode, we have to celebrate. We have to give ourselves a pat on the back, Zach. We survived! We did the dinosaurs! We survived yes. all five of these fucking... Well, I survived all five of these movies. You like one of them. Uh, but we did it! We're never going to talk about dinosaurs again for a long time. Oh, uh, we might not. We might not explicitly discuss it as a topic, though. But Jurassic World will haunt me for my days to come. Yes, uh, and I'm that, so that movie is a shadow that I will never be able to outrun. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. Well, uh, I think uh, you know. So for now, uh, we're signing off until Jurassic Park Six, Jurassic World Three. Day of the Boogaloo. Uh, well, I have some information on that. Ooh. An untitled sequel known as Jurassic World 3 is scheduled for release on June 11th, 2021. Trevorrow will direct the film and will write the screenplay with Emily Carmichael based on a story by him and Connolly. Derek oh, Connolly. Oh, Trevorrow will also serve as executive producer along with Steven Spielberg, oh, Frank Marshall, oh. and Crowley. I don't know who that is. And Those Pratt and Howard... Suck. <laughs> Pratt and Howard will reprise their roles for the film. Okay. Well, uh, we hopefully got, we, got, we never do anything dinosaur-related until then. <laughs> hopefully this podcast will be, much like Jurassic World The Park, this podcast will be abandoned in a shattered <laughs> shadow of what it once was by June 11th, 2021. <laughs> yeah, we can only get hope we get sued off the air by then. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yes, we did it. We did it. We survived the dinosaur series. We also survived the miscellaneous series, which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, so next we're going to foreign animation and that's going to be fun. Uh, yes, everybody. That's this is the great series that we started recording like April 10th and we just completed recording like two days ago. We've released multiple episodes within it many times so far, I think. So everyone's going to get some, some pieces put together. <laughs> and there's going to, and there's going to be jokes that are now, uh, in jokes that we've been using for weeks now that probably will be applicable for certain episodes that won't be present in this series. So enjoy the uh, very disjointed sense of humor. Come on. Sign it. <laughs> Come on. That, that people will get. <laughs>
<laughs> oh yeah, I'm just I'm just falling in love with that at this point. <laughs> All right. Well, at, with that being said, do we have any dinosaur themes we we have more have in mind? We have to check. We, we might have to check. Okay, we might have to check the uh, Jurassic World two soundtrack and see uh, if there's anything yeah, maybe, good played backwards. Maybe there. Maybe uh, there's a the music during the credits or something we could we could mess with. Yeah. Okay. okay. We'll take a look. We'll see if there's a Chris Pratt blue love theme on the soundtrack. Oh. Oh, they, oh yeah. Oh, it's going to be called, like, My Blue. That's the name of the song. And then in parentheses, Make Sweet, Sweet Love to Me. That's going to be <laughs> the name. That's the name of their, their theme. Okay, yeah, let's, let, let's get that in reverse. Let's, let's play it. 